Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this late, <laughs> late to presses edition of One Nation Radio. Uh, I'm Jace Boyd in here with me. I'm Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just got some uh, important stuff to talk about first to uh, uh, knock out the way, and then we'll get into the wrestling talk in a little bit. Um, but the first thing I definitely wanted to talk about since we waited a day to do the show, we were going to do it Monday night, but um, Tuesday allowed us to get the verdict in the Derek Chauvin trial, of course, uh, with the murder of George Floyd last year on One Nation Radio that took up a pretty big, you know, segment. And, um, you know, we heard a lot of feedback. I heard had a lot of people reach out to me, uh, talk about, you know, how good it was, I guess, you know, and, you know, how brave we were to kind of talk about things like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, it's like, I, I appreciate that, but like, it, it doesn't really take much for us to be brave on a podcast, but right. this is um, Derek Chauvin got charged uh, with all three um, and guilty of se- second degree murder on count one, third degree murder on count two, and uh, second degree manslaughter on count three. All the way guilty. Um, I saw it and I figured this one was going to go our way this time. Um, I, I didn't get that that feeling like, oh, I feel like the other shoe's about to drop. Strangely, I I felt felt like you know the jury got done too fast, and I was like, he's out of here, man. Like, there's video, and thank thank you for the video existing because if it didn't, then we already saw how that would go uh, a couple months ago, and. For us to almost be like, it's probably about a year away from the anniversary of George Floyd uh, passing. I believe it's May twenty fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like May or June. Yeah. And then we're we're kind of still, you know, in the same situation. We're all still in the house, and um, well, I was well, most of us are in the house, but so, uh, some of us are still in the house. Yeah. Um. But, you know, largely the situation with the world, you know, the vaccines like, you know, rolling out a little mm-hmm. bit more um, all the time. It feels strange because it's like, all right, he was guilty. Now what? Like and that, like, what do we do? Because usually the result comes out and then it's all this anger. Right. But it's a different kind of uh, feeling because it's like, well, George Floyd is not coming back. Their family still lost, like, their father, their brother, their son, their um, uncle, like, all that. Like, there's no justice for him. Like, he's gone. Like, justice would be his ass still being here with us. And, you know, I I apologize for saying his ass like that. But, like, I'm, I'm still, like, trying to process all this, like, in real time, just, you know, a couple hours removed from the verdict coming out. Um, the sentencing is going to be happening in about two months, taking a little bit long for me, but I guess the nature of the high profile case uh, necessitates that um, just is seeing um, this actually feel like, I don't know if it's a change in anything, but it's welcome. Yeah. Um, I feel a lot of the same ways you do. Um, like, I'll quickly say this analogy and move on. Like I remember, um, somebody, some sports writer, um, used to make this point about certain teams about 
their seasons that win championships that either it's a feeling of joy or a feeling of relief. Like, whew, we didn't blow this one. Um, me watching me watching people cover this trial um, over the over the weeks and um, coming down to it being actually guilty on all charges for me it was a I was like okay so they found a a no doubt guilty person guilty so y- yay. You know, um, right. Like it's like, oh, okay. Well, they didn't make me just like you know shake my head and and recalculate just how much people hate us. Or, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like, nah. It's even like they they you know like they're they you know they detest us even more than I thought. Uh, have to do that again. But um. I, I'm, but getting to what I'm feeling, like, and what I agree with you is like people. You know, people have celebrated this, and I don't know how to help. And it, to me, it comes back to like um, I don't police the way people grieve, right? Like, so I don't. So I see how they feel, and I saw, and I know a lot of people saw that video, and it fucked them up, or um, or made them feel terrible, and to have some sort of sense of karmic force come back on the other side and um adjudicate adjudicate you know something resembling justice i I get why people feel um you know people are happy or whatever else i i get that that's just not me um but because like you said he's gone he's never coming back um i'm kind of that person that feels like all right like people that are vengeful, I'm kind of like I don't really get that. It's like, all right, you got an eye for eye. Now what? Um, so for me, I, I kind of just see it as all right. Well, he did something he deserved to be to rot, and he's going to rot. Um, do I think this is some larger? Uh, or um, pivotal change in uh, the history of this sort of stuff where uh, police uh, <laughs> um, overplay their hands. No. Right? Like, we've seen a number of um, police officers serve jail time and this thing still keeps coming. Still keeps ro- keeps on rolling. Um, that's what That's the institution. So... It's it's still just like a for me just like it's another chapter in a in this gigantic uh, story and you know it's <laughs> I don't want to sound I mean obviously it's a murder so I can't sound too dark it's someone's someone's already gone but it's like this won't be solved uh, but I don't think it'll be solved in our lifetimes so um, it's just a, it's another one of those you know issues in a in a long fight going forward and hopefully someday um stuff like this happen will will not exist like this in this way like this was one of the most heinous like murders from police cop I've ever police cop but for a cop I've ever seen like he's on camera laying on somebody's like with half his body weight on somebody's um back and neck and sees the life leave out of him and stays on him doesn't budge in front of people in broad daylight with cameras 
with a, looking at knows that cameras on him. Doesn't give a fuck. With his other cops. With yeah, with other cops that didn't stop him or whatever else. With um, an off-duty um, EMT wanting to help, but being told that uh, that she could not help. You know, um, so. I, I honestly, a lot of people got charged up and rightfully so over what happened um, last summer, especially when people were so cooped up last year. But, you know, even before this, like what we saw that video from what last week with uh, Joe, the Joe Toledo kid, the 13 year old that got shot by a cop for turning around with his hands up. Yeah. yeah. So um, this isn't this isn't a new or this isn't some. This is just one of the latest, and there'll be more. Unfortunately, it's like a small, it's like a small battle in a long war. Yeah, um, and you know, I just hope that um, you know his George Floyd's family, you know, take some kind of solace in this. Um, go after the civil suit, whatever you got to do. I know, I believe the they city, already like, they already got they a already, civil suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, I think the I think the thing for them is, um, that's a strong family. Given all they've gone through over the past year, with all the stuff they've had to do, and the you know to kind of be at the forefront of this for a while, at least in you know on their end for their small portion of this or whatever for this time being, and hopefully they can um, live the rest of their lives with some type of some type of joy after this has happened to them because this isn't supposed to fucking happen it's never supposed to right. fucking happen but this keeps happening to people um and it's funded by our fucking pa- our fucking taxes um yeah yeah um so, so you know the last thing I want to say is like George Floyd um, should still be alive today we should have never heard of him like because he should have like it should have been a routine stop or um you know just regular question and the man we sh- he should have never become the face of this movement right um and you know i just hope everybody doesn't forget what all this stuff felt like um the last you know year and change um or almost a year and you know i hope he does all 75 of those years and then drops on year 74 so um we can start the show man this is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, This is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know 
Nation Radio, back again after having to do one of these things after a break. Um, I make note, I even paused it. I just like did a pause and I'll add it in. But um, yeah, so getting to the wrestling side of things as opposed to the bullshit side of, the, of things that we have to cover on this show uh, from time to time. Um, WWE as I guess now brought back this tradition of after WrestleMania, we were cutting people. This is now the second year after years of it being kind of um, gone is back. Um, major names involved were Samoa Joe, the Iconics. Um, I'm blanking on some other names right now, uh, but there were a few. Um, yeah, I'm pulling up. Oh, this right Tucker now. Knight. Yeah, Tucker, um, Mojo Raleigh. Yeah, Mojo. Mickey James. Right. Um, Lars was cut earlier this year. Andrade was cut, obviously, yes. or he he released Chelsea know, he Green. Got the, he got himself out of there. Yeah, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea Green. Green. Yeah, Steve Cutler was a couple months ago. That's right. Kalisto, Bo yes. Dallas, Wesley Blake. So, um, yeah, um, this is another case of WWE cutting people due to budget cuts, quote unquote, um, which is just the absolute biggest pile of horseshit possible. Um, when you start talking about all the billion dollar TV deals they've signed and sold the network for a billion dollars, the like we talked about it last year, it's not even percentages, it's like percentages of percentages like <laughs> that they're possibly saving. Uh, this is a whole this is this is a big business company. There's uh, there's no one else in the world that's cutting people like this during the pandemic still. Um, it's disgusting. It's gross, and I feel bad for a lot of the wrestlers. But um, these are the this crop that they've released. All feel like they have kind of something to offer somewhere. Like seven of the nine of them, I can see somewhere else like immediately. Hmm. Okay. Um, so I mean, like I, I, like a team like the Forgotten Sons. Like they were a good tag team. Like yes, you know Cutler and and Blake. All the jokes about the Forgotten Sons and all that stuff, but like in the ring, they they were good. They were a good team. They absolutely were. Were they were they land eventually? I don't know. I, um, I I don't know what um <laughs> what the NXT uh, legend uh, <laughs> Blake uh what what like what his background was before he got to NXT, but like he's one of the better like people to come out of the PC, like, unless he had some background I'm unaware of. So, so apparently he was Dory Funk Jr.'s prize student, I believe, mm. before he came to NXT. I think it's him. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Explains like, why he's a good wrestler. Yeah, he's going to be fine. Like, I could easily see those guys in Impact. Um, I believe yeah. one of yeah. them, I think Steve Cutler actually is dating Deanna Perrazzo, so there's a Kind of an in there, hmm. um, uh, you, but Samoa Joe is like a guy that's that was it was kind of a shock, um, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. It looks it, like he was, you know, Joe's had his injury problems, and right. He's lots you of them. never, like you never quite know with the injuries in WWE. Like if they're like, hey, you know, we're trying to keep you out for whatever reason, but mm-hmm. I don't know, like feels like you know joe is is ready to hit the ground running just looking at his twitter and everything else like he's gonna show up somewhere and he has value yes he absolutely does he's one of the best promos in the world and and um like he's somebody 
that in a different circumstance, different timeline, years, maybe it was years earlier, maybe if it was, you know, under a better booker, quite frankly, he's a WWE world, he's a WWE world champion in some time between 2017 and 18, given the fact of he, given the way he cut promos. Um, didn't happen, but you look at that, we talk about it pretty often when it comes to WWE. You combine John Cena being gone, and everybody knows he's not coming back, with the Jinder Mahal title reign, with the summer where Brock pinned in consecutive pay-per-views, Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns, and Braun Strowman, and where this company has gone from there and never recovered, that was a huge thing. Joe had got that bitch hot in the summer. He absolutely did. Like, in... You know, like, I get it. Like, not everybody is going to have a long, not everybody is going to have a long shelf life. But given how good he was with with Roman Reigns at the time, I would have I would have flipped the title to him at, one, at some point or whatever else to have gotten a big money match at a at a WrestleMania or SummerSlam with uh, Joe or with or I'm sorry with uh I said Joe when I was thinking of Roman even though he actually is Joe uh, yeah. <laughs> with Roman or with um, Brock or whatever else but it just it wasn't in the cards because they didn't see him at that level even though he was obliterating both, all of them on the mic and it was a it was just a god like the second I saw that he was gone and I you know. Um, whether it was he wanted to leave or whatever else, I thought like that's a person that you do not let leave, given his mic skills and given what he has shown you as a um, commentator. Like that dude is your best main roster uh, personal commentary. Why would you let him go? And he's, he- instant, he's instant credibility. He's someone that the audience believes in. Uh, even when he, you know, was doing, um, like, if he had to stand up and get into it with a wrestler or something, it's like, no matter how long he's been sitting, kind of, you like, man, that's, that's fucking Samoa Joe. Like, right. <laughs> right. Like, I remember when Joe first got up to the main roster, and I was talking to you about, like, the, you know, the heavenly bodies they have on the, uh, from NXT to the main roster, whether it was Bray Wyatt or Kevin Owens or, or him. And I was like, the thing with Kevin Owens and Bray Wyatt is they look like they could probably whoop your ass. Joe, you know he could whoop your ass. <laughs> he's, he's one of the, like there's there is an aura about him in the way he carries himself to where you believe you believe the gimmick with him that he's an actual tough guy, even though you know he's done some crazy shit in the ring and all that else. Like I don't know if he's any tougher than any other other wrestlers, but you believe that he is though. While given what he given what he, he carries himself, so um, I hate. I hate that he's gone because I thought that like even even when I would you know occasionally watch that be like to hear him and have some credibility and not be like a, like go from being really fucking good to just god awful like Corey Graves has just because he wants to keep his fucking job like I was I was I was cool with that right so you know like just the fact that he's that kind of a value like. You ain't gotta pay him as a wrestler. You just keep him as your commentator, as a commentator. That's a, that's a place of value. So I was surprised. Like if you want to leave, I, I okay, I, I get that. But um, wherever he goes, um, he's gonna make some noise because he's that good of a promo. Um, wherever he ends up yep. going, like, and my first thought was if he, it's like, I don't know how, I don't know why, but if he ends up in AEW, good fucking god, please get me to a Joe Moxie match Im- immediately, immediately. <laughs> Like the mat, 
The, if the match stinks, the match stinks. I want the promos. Because you know what the promos are going to be. It's going to be yeah, a feud of the year contender off the promos. I'd like to see him with, with Eddie Kingston. I'd like to see yeah, him same. With, with Kenny. I'd like to see him, you know, with a, with a lot Hell, of people. Cody. I mean, yeah. Can you Cody, ma- that'd, be, that'd be really oh, good. dude. Do you imagine the shit he would say to Cody? Good God almighty. Maybe he can even don the don the tassels, you know. Oh, oh well, the bus don't necessarily wear the tassels no more, but um, which is kind of a heartbreaking thing. Well, I'll get to that later, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> Mickey it's James uh, is fine. It's for heat. Yeah, yeah. Mickey Mickey James, they they let her go. Mickey James is forty one. They haven't really used her a lot. Um, they really have ever since years, she tore her ACL it's almost like they don't use like they just pretend like she doesn't exist. Yeah. Um Mickey James can walk into anywhere she wants, NWA. Uh I know Ring of Honor is trying to restart their women's stuff. Uh she can walk into AEW and you know, essentially be Natalia. Can go um, back to Impact. Impact, yeah. I don't know if she'll do that though. I, I um, doubt it. Remember you know how they yeah. killed her off last time? Didn't she get like run over by a train or some shit? That's yes, yes. Yeah, she was yeah, put on the train died. tracks to die. Like it was a fucking like nineteen twenty vivillion play. Yes, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, um, we we know how they look at you know women in the company and especially uh, like older age women, and it's not good. So right. <laughs> uh, eventually, like you know, there was. She she was on the shopping lot to be cut. Um, the Iconics, um, Peyton Royce kind of got, you know, they broke up their team, and then they apparently were going to push Peyton Royce at one point. It was going to be big pushes for Peyton Royce and Bianca Belair. Bianca got to be pushed. Peyton did not. Um, I have a Billy question. Kay, why, yeah. on the, why in a division with, with such a lack of uh, depth? And I'm talking about both main roster uh, women's divisions. On rosters with such a lack of depth, why do you decide to only push one person when there's two when there's two fucking divisions? <laughs> Does that make fucking sense to you? Like, it no. feels like these divisions per- always because of, whether it's injury or whatever or shuffling or whatever else, there feels like there's only like four people you can actually rely on consistently for a full year out of these. Right. Uh, so it's like the big push. You need to get. You need, like, four fucking big pushes at all times to try to get people elevated to where, like, oh, we can buy this person, you know, getting a title shot in two months. They never do that. They just, oh, you, your turn. We don't, Go out there. We don't use them for months and then, like, right. put them in makeshift tag teams. And, yeah, right. they, look, we, we talked about, like, the laziness of the, the women's booking the main roster. Like, for years. Ad nauseum. For years. And, and, and as much as it's changed at the tip top of it, like it ain't enough. Like, especially like with how many um, spots they have dedicated to recruiting women's talent. Uh, if you look at NXT, like the pipeline that, that they just keep loading up and it's like, these people need more spots. Like at the more spots need to be opened up, like less like funky ass dudes need to be around. Um, but that never really happens. Um, Billy Kay, uh, legitimately uh, someone that people like. People uh, dug her comedic timing. She's probably the worst wrestler on the roster. Um, but if you're if 
she's a perfect example, and I believe uh, it was a big Reddit post about that, of when WWE, like, when you get over and you're not supposed to, or, like, people like you or whatever, and they didn't kind of, you know, intend for it to go that way, like, it shit can you. And it's like, that sucks for her. Um, but they can do their act on the indies. They can... There's a lot of places they they could go, and the thought of Billy Kay on BTE fucking intrigues me, <laughs> intrigues me for some weird reason. Um, let me see, Chelsea Green. I think Chelsea Green's a star, but it just never like tons of bad luck. I uh, I don't get it. I don't it, like tons of bad luck, and I I I'm privy to some information regarding her, but. I don't. I think you can get over that. You know, if someone's like a kind of a uh, sharp edge, like uh, if they if they complain a lot or something like, you can kind of get past that. Um, <laughs> especially it's, like it's, if the person has talent and it's, right. uh, a look, and right. also like you know, this should have worked, but right. it didn't. Right. Um. What was it? Shimmer one hundred. We saw versus Madison Eagles. Uh, I believe. What, that was heard at Russell. Um, or am I thinking uh, of Deanna? No, Deanna Prazo yeah. versus Madison Eagles. That's yeah. So I forgot who did she wrestle? Whatever doesn't matter. Whatever. But we've seen her a few times. She's a good fucking wrestler. She was on All In. She right. was in the Fatal right, Four Way. Right. No, I'm yeah. saying like we've seen her for for years. Like she's been good for years. She's been a good wrestler <laughs> in the ring for years. Like the Laurel Van Ness thing and Impact. Like she had a character. Like you know you, you say all that stuff about people have characters and all that stuff and. So, like, you know, even when they were doing the Rob Stone brand stuff with her, like, she had presence uh, before they pulled her up to do absolutely nothing with her. Um, it's just really weird. Uh, you know, her her ace left the company, is an impact, mm-hmm. did very well for herself, hitting the ground running um, into, into that, you know, division that doesn't get, does, you know, is, kind, is slept on, obviously. I don't know if she wants, I don't know if she wants to go back to that, but... She's she's a talented person. Like if I was AEW, I give her I give her a call, I give her a call, and I try to and I would try to push her towards the top of that division, given what Same. she given how she can wrestle. Given, um, I believe she's been linked with Britt in the past too. Like okay. either they were some type of team or like there's pictures of what, them out there. Doing was like Britt her young girl? I think they're they're contemporaries. They're, they're not necessarily like as far as like when Brit started training, like it was right around the same time. Chelsea mm. So wow, you could always you know do that. Um, one of the ones that I saw that it looks uh, he t- it looks like he's taking the news and he was happy. Uh, he was celebrating his freedom and he's looking to hit the podcast circuit. It looks like is Tucker Knight. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um, I think I've always thought Tucker had something. I don't know what it is, but he was a big dude that was very agile Mm -hmm. that I don't know necessarily about his talking ability because, like, it's hard to, like, stand out when you're standing next to Otis, like, as as far as a personality. Right. But in the ring, (coughs) he was a big guy that that was worth something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely not a stiff. Um, I I immediately call him and ask him if he wants to work AEW Dark. (laughs) <laughs> that's a no-brainer I, I, and he's like 6'6 six, six. I had in my mind I was like why is he not going to be like the third uh, person in bear country <laughs> that's, that's my immediate thought when, when that's why he was gone I was like yeah he can be in bear country 
In fact, he might yeah. like given that match that I saw uh, from them the other week. Like given how rough it was, like they could use him. Like you've seen more yeah. of them than I have, but like that match with uh, uh I think that was their Jungle... worst match. Yeah, I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. You know, it was a, it was a, it was weird. But like, yeah, like Tucker could fit into that, into that uh, stable. Obviously, they're probably not going to do that. But I'm just saying that's a joke. Like, yeah, just spot for him right there if they wanted to. Yeah, trios um, champs. He's... He he also could like hit the hit the indies and you know depending on how he plays it, um, he could go to Japan like think so. Th- this I think he could like especially like um like, I don't know about New Japan but if he wanted to go somewhere else yeah yeah like, yeah yeah if like, he wanted he to go like nowhere DDT easily. or something like that yeah probably all, all right. Japan maybe <laughs> big Japan uh, he might not want to do that much that much death match wrestling. I, I think this dude has talent, and I think WWE missed the boat on him, especially while there are still guys like Jackson Riker running around. Yeah, like just and, because you know the body and stuff yeah. like that. And, and that's the thing with WWE is like, did they miss opportunity with with um, with Chelsea and with Joe um, when they had the chance, or um, to find a role for them at all times or most times, and like you know someone like the Iconics or whatever else like. Yeah, but WWE, aside from like the Russo era, has never really given a, given that much of a fuck about the below upper mid card tier stuff. Like they worry about the big picture things and everything else they'll fit into place around it. And whether it makes sense or not, that's not why you're here to watching. Um, I think that's less of a truthful, like less of an honest and um, genuine um, mindset when like you have. 50 50 all but like five people but um but yeah like they're they have so much talent they're going to miss these opportunities because like they have so much talent like it, if if they miss out on a Samoa Joe okay there's a carrying cross if they miss out on um the Iconics okay there's Shotzi and, and Ember or uh Dakota and Raquel. If they miss, and Dana. Right. Like, if they, you know, like, that's that's their, that's kind of the thing with, like, if they miss out on um, Tucker Knight, okay, they got Bronson Reed. You know, so right. they have too much talent for their own good. And, you know, even, even under the best conditions, you're going to have people, you know, wish that they could do things and not be creatively fulfilled. And them's the breaks of signing on to the number one wrestling promotion in the world. Um, hopefully you make some good money. Hopefully you make some connections um, to meet people down the line. If this doesn't work out for you, hopefully you can be able to stack up some money. Hopefully um, you're able to take some type of find, find some way to get yourself better when you're not, when your number's not called upon you and you keep pushing hard and maybe you do get to eventually break through like someone like an Apollo does, whatever else. But it's really hard. It's really hard there. It is. Even even NXT, that's a lot, you know, a lot more lax and people are able to show um, a lot more what they can do. Um, it's, st- it's still hard. It's still their style. It's still their way. Um, and the most you can do is hope that you can get enough trust from the people that are run- that are the showrunners to let them let you do a bit of your thing. Um, and I think I think most people go into WWE understanding that. Um, I think that 
but I, I don't think it makes it any less any less frustrating or any more uh, or any less frustrating when like you try to do everything you can or you don't want to do something that you think is dumb and you have to play the whole thing. Of, Am I you know is that the hill you want to die on or or, or you know whatever else? Because like you know we talk you know this like type of the brass ring people to pushovers in the third and then you have you know people like I guess. People that, that, that say they you know, know that doesn't work for them or know the, how about we try to do something else to make me look less stupid or I think that's not a good idea and then they get labeled with difficult or whatever else. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't. there's no right way to really handle this other than, like, try your best. And I believe a lot of these people are putting their, their best foot forward, but, like, the top of the company is a dysfunction right now as far as its decision-making long-term and even like <laughs> two months from now, so um, it, it's so gonna it's got to be frustrating. It's got to uh, be. Kalisto and Bo Dallas. Kalisto, I got himself in like ridiculous condition. Um, you would think he can. He's got plenty of options of being a high flyer. He could go to MLW. I think that'd be a good spot for him, especially MLW's got that TV deal on Vice, um, and you know he's he's fresh. They haven't used him. Dude, Bo Dallas. He's been preparing for life after wrestling for a while on his farm with Liv Morgan, uh, getting into real estate. So, uh, yeah, one for the, uh, the the lore. You know, I don't know how that works with the fiend that Bo is gone. But I had no uh, idea that Liv Morgan and Bo Dallas were dating, but good for them, I guess. Yep. Uh, but yeah, man, lots lots of people. You know, they could end up a, a bunch of places, and it's it's good to see wrestlers. You know, move around and get in different. You know. Uh, you know, surroundings, but just sucks knowing that yeah. they didn't have to necessarily be cut. Yeah. I mean, and ultimately this, if something comes out of this <clears throat> where Tucker Knight does something of note or Samoa Joe goes somewhere and does something awesome or Chelsea or whoever else, Kalisto, um, that, that kind of do something fucking hilarious, right? Like end up on BT and do and, be, and just end up hilarious. Like that's more than they were doing in WWE. So like, it does stink for them on a personal level that like they got you know shit canned or they you know they didn't it didn't work out the way they thought it was and they want out of WWE but hopefully they can find something else to do and it, it'll they'll find themselves some type of uh you know getting themselves recognition they're they're looking for the creative fulfillment that they're looking for. Right. Um, next thing we uh, we're gonna talk about. Um was the Kenny Omega and Rich Swan press conference. Now James, I don't know if you've seen this. I have not. But I saw that you um, I saw that you hyped it up a lot. I just didn't get around to it. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um it's a forty two minute press conference. Uh, I believe their match is in five days. Um of course it's title for title. Winner gets winner take all. Um this, is there a sixty minute time limit? they they haven't mentioned anything about a time limit yet. Um I think this is one of the best pieces of like promoting a match that I've seen in a long time. They treated it dead serious. Um, they, they treated it like an MMA press conference, but Kenny turned up his character to a level that like just a quick remark for everything him and Don playing off each other. Tony Khan's there. Scott Demore's there. Rich Swan looking like this humble everyman, like a Ricky Steamboat-esque, you know, type vibe. And 
it was just, I think, something that wrestling companies everywhere can learn from. Um, and, and if I'm not mistaken, NXT did like a, one of these press conference deals recently too, right? Um, a press con? No, they did a contract signing. They oh. did it on the they did it on the top of the ramp. <clears throat> gotcha. With uh, but, um, with um, uh, Cole and, and O'Reilly. So so it's like forty two minutes, and they're they're taking uh, questions from everybody, from Dave Meltzer to um, uh, like Ariel Hawani, and you know just tons of people uh, that they get on for this. Uh, they're they're going back and forth, and uh, just just overall like. I can't recommend this high enough, especially if you can watch it before um, their match Sunday. This would like any normal, like functioning major promotion or something. This sells pay-per-views <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward to see like what type of business it does. It looks like, you know, looks like Kenny's probably going to, you know, bring home the belt. Uh, they've kind of hint- hinted at there will be a winner uh, in this. So there's not going to be like, you know, the, the champion versus champion fuckery. Um, so we'll see if they, if they hold to that, but 42 minutes of excellence, like impact, uh, the way they frame Kenny Omega is like very different from how AEW um, uh, frames him. I would Do you want to go into that? Yes, because okay. there's something else that, that is um, popped up in the wake of this, like, and I'm trying to figure out why it's happening, but I just haven't like put my finger on it. And, Part of me thinks is a storyline, uh, you know, kind of adherence, but AEW has not promoted this match at all. Um, they, in the press conference, they talked about should Rich Swan win, he would make the commitments to be on Dynamite and, you know, stuff like that and, you know, promote or talk, whatever. But on AEW's TV, whether it's Elevation, where Kenny was on this week with, and uh, a six man, dark or dynamite it's like you don't know this match exists so i wonder why that is um like is it a situation where in storyline it doesn't make sense for AEW to uh promote kenny because he's done this dastardly deal where he's run off to impact uh or something like that but they don't seem to have a problem when the impact guys uh come in so i feel like there's a there's gonna be a reason that we learn later on, like what, and if we just haven't learned it yet, and it's, it's driving me nuts, like trying to figure it out, like why they're not promoting like Kenny Omega more going to Impact, picking up another world title, or is it just like, yeah, he won another fucking belt somewhere, like, and even with with the AAA stuff, like they have rarely like mentioned, like they'll mention in the passing, like when Laredo Kid shows up, oh, you know, him and Kenny Omega had a great match, like, uh, you know, in AAA or whatever, but. What's going on here? Yeah, um, you got a point there. I mean, in I don't know. Maybe, maybe he has to get the three belts. In I don't know. I, I think that once he has the impact belt, I think we'll finally get a idea of what he's trying to do. Um, but you know, it's it's they're they're slow rolling all of this stuff, right? All of this impact stuff, like obviously Callus is there most weeks, and um, so is um, Gallows and Anderson. But like they've been, like we've been kind of waiting for shoes to drop, and the only thing we really got is like the Young Bucks are heels for now, 
Um, so we'll, I don't know, like, I really don't know. We'll, um, it's interesting to see where they end up at, like, probably, I think we'll start getting answers by this coming pay-per-view. I think that, I think the shoe has to drop and whatever they're trying to do, they have to, like, finally kind of give us a, a, a concrete direction by the time we sit through this next pay-per-view, otherwise I... Otherwise, I don't really know. Right. So I, I don't know if it's a case where they want Kenny to pick up this title kind of now to where they can promote something on the other half of it to start thinking about who his double or nothing opponent is going to be. Um, my guess is Chris Jericho, but who knows? Um, I like, is it a rematch with Rich Swan? Is it Chris Jericho? Is it Christian Cage? Is it. Um, Pac is it you know like who is it you know <laughs> who is it as uh, Michael Jackson would say but um yeah it, it, it's like I I'm wondering like where they're going with Kenny because he's been doing a lot of like you know he's been doing his TV programs with like the Sidal brothers and uh stuff like that but I think they need a, a more concrete direction with him but maybe it's a case of they've like they've shifted the Rubik's cube to bring the buck to spotlight the bucks more and it's like it's taking Kenny out of focus until it's time to bring him back in focus. So that's the only thing I can think of. But um, as far as but press conference, go out of your way to see this. Not lying. I put up a simple tweet encouraging people to watch it. It was like over 100 likes on it. So, um, yeah, like I can't recommend it high enough. Like one of the best things you'll see from like uh, like Kenny Omega peaking as a character. I feel like right here, if you're wondering like what the fuck, like the the cockiness, the the arrogance, the the rudeness, the uh, just a quick wit. Like this is it right here. Rich Swan, um, you know, he's trying his best to hang in there, like to not get swallowed essentially, and and you can feel it um, there. But there's a there's a simple, like I said before, there's like a simple every man quality about him. It's like, hey man, shut this nigga the fuck up, like like shut him up, please, and, and take and win this belt when no one thinks you can. So like yeah. there's. There's something there. Um, so, all right. They make Omega the champion. I remember you teasing, are you telling me that like it felt like they were teasing a match with Moose? Do you think that is the person that's going to take the belt off of Kenny when he get, after he gets it? If it's me, uh, I would do that. However, knowing Moose's contractual status... I don't think it's going to be Moose. Mm. I think it's going to end up being someone else. So who um, it is? So who is it? I would have to look at the Impact the, roster, okay. sir. But okay, um, if okay, maybe you don't have the answer. Do you think Demore and Callis have the answer? They would have to have the answer. I mean that's what I mean that's the point of putting <laughs> a fucking big bad on top to be just overcome this fucking you know lording over the title person that have somebody in mind to eventually go and take the top of the person to make the new star or the only reestablish a new star or reestablish like, a star. Like there's a couple of options. There's like Ace Austin, um, which I, I I wouldn't do that personally, but the one I can circle kind of see like miles away on this thing is Chris Bay. And this isn't a company that has uh, like, he's young enough. He can be their signature star. He's never been the world champion before. He so was I'm their exhibition like champion. Ball. What a year ago, right? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm looking for certain qualities. Like you can be, it could, you know, maybe it's a Willie Mac as a dark horse. But um, for me, that'd be I think a fun it's match. Gonna, I, that'd be. They were in a six man together um, that I didn't catch that I need to watch. Um, and you know, I, I saw a couple gifts and I was impressed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for sure but uh i think i think chris bay fits the profile of like being like yo who do you want to like strap your company to like ritz swan's like a great veteran guy whatever yeah. he and the belt whatever but he's longer but in the tooth yeah he's long in the tooth like eddie edwards long in the tooth same, same deal yeah. there um like do you really want to put it on matt cardona i don't like and i don't think kenny's about to be like i'm about to lose the belt to him no that's not fucking happening but if it's a case where like they build the right guy up, which I feel like it's Chris Bay, um, based on his age and working ability, and you know he's gonna have to still step up a great deal, I think, to um, like class wise. Like that's a it's like boxing where it's like yeah man, like you got to step up to world class. Like yeah, <laughs> like, like Chris Bay got to step up another class. Yeah, like but, it's cool to have your you know your your good ass matches in the mid card, um, but it's another thing to have to like main event biggest match of your life right like um, yeah yeah if it's not moose i'm picking um chris bay with willie as a dark horse so um yeah but i i can't wait for the match um sunday can't can't wait to uh you know act real ignorant on the timeline <laughs> <laughs> so um you know it's been, it's been a great year here. Do you think we need to watch okay. Omega Army? I need to find out what the rest of the card is. Um, I need to find out what the rest of the card oh, is. Um, the rest of the card looked kind of kind of like something. Can't I mean, lie. they only do pay per views um, like what five of them a year, four of them a year. Uh, I'm not sure how many they do. I think they don't, it might be four. Yeah, well, it might be four with like special ones. So uh, our card is uh, Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega, title for title. Finn Juice versus the Good Brothers for the tag team belts. Diana Perazzo versus Tennille Dashwood. Uh, hmm. Three way match for the X Division. Ace Austin, Josh Alexander versus TJP. When's the Ryan last Cardone. time? When's the last time you seen Tennille Dashwood wrestle? Been a while. Same here. Uh, Matt Cardona versus Brian Myers. So yes, the high, they, they explode the homeboys. Uh, we got oh, Trey. Uh, what over. was their team in, in WWE in 2019 and eight or 18 and 19? I forgot what their team was called. Yeah, my same, same. Um, I will find out. <laughs> they were the major brothers at one point, but their most recent name was. And I'm still looking. Um, yeah, maybe maybe didn't have a name. Ryder, yeah, I think it was just Ryder and Hawkins. Okay, if I'm not mistaken. All right, I mean, um, edgeheads. So whatever. Yeah, you know them. They fighting each other. So uh, there's Trey Miguel versus Sammy Callahan in the Last Man Standing match, and then there's a eight man tag between Chris Sabin, Eddie Edwards, James Storm, and Willie Mack against Violent by Design. That's Eric Young. Deaner, Joe Doring, and Rhino, and then there's Fire and Flavor versus Jordan Grace and a partner to be determined. So hmm. that's Kira Hogan and Tasha Steels. So yeah, that was decent, you know. So um, who do you think is the mystery partner for for Jordan Grace? Let's see. Um, 
I'm trying to think women on the independent circuit. It could be literally anybody. Uh, I don't think it's obviously there's no one from WWE or anything. But, yeah, yeah, like it won't be Mickey James or it won't be Chelsea it, Green because like they what? they have ninety day you know, they got ninety no competes right. You know who it could be? Who? Uh, what the hell is her name? Havoc Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega. Oh yeah, yeah. Huh. That's gonna be my prediction. So. Um. Yeah, but that that was pretty much it uh, with the Omega and Swan thing. But um, we just pretty much um, so Wednesday was the first week of the separate um, you know, shows. NXT was on Tuesday, AEW was on Wednesday. Both shows went up in ratings. AEW went way up uh, to 1.2 million. Uh, I believe it was 0.44 in the demo. NXT did 806, I believe, or 805, 0.22 in the demo. So not too much up from their demo number of last week with the takeover so just a just a what do you make of that like i don't i don't really know like uh like the the uh, aw over 50 was way up Mm -hmm. they got their women back they got like after a couple weeks of ratings where it wasn't you know great or anything but they were doing awesome stuff on the show it seems like like it all kind of paid off this week like i um i didn't hear I haven't like followed uh, uh, any of the um, Meltzer and Alvarez stuff lately, but like I heard one podcast where he was, I don't want to say freaking out, but like he kept hitting on this point that like that they've lost women, they've lost women, they've lost women over these last couple of weeks. Where have they gone? What has happened? And I think he kept correlating it to too much blood or too many, you know, death matches or not death matches. But you get my point. No DQ, you also, know, beat the fuck out of you with weapon type matches. The factions they were saying this was the, the people yeah. everywhere were trying to come up with reasons for whatever, but it was just I, like I don't think I don't the know. factions thing is a thing though. Like, do they have too many people on their show for my liking? Yeah, kind of, but it doesn't really. Bo- I mean, obviously, is my you know my personal taste does not affect the, the personal taste of potentially. Two million other fans that may or may not tune in, a given on um, you know on a given Wednesday night, but um, I don't really see why the faction thing would hurt fans. Like they've has people that they've established as stars or people they are tracking for stardom, um, and those people remain eventing like Darby, um, and you know putting on. You know, they still had the Young Bucks matches, and you know, I don't. I think I thought they were doing too many, you know, death matches in the span of like what between them, the Matt Hardy match, the Matt Hardy and Darby match, the um, uh, the the arcade Anarchy match, the mm-hmm. um, exp- well, the, the non-explosive death match, and in the. And the uh, Britt Baker and, Sh- and Sheeta, or not Britt Baker and Sheeta, Britt Baker and, um, and Thunder Rosa match, they did, that was like four of those matches in six weeks. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm quite frankly burned out on their, on them doing those matches. And, um, but, but I don't know, like, I don't think, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Um, but as far as the fashion thing, like, I mean, I, I think, I think their issue isn't the facts as much as it is. People that have been established on BTE or dark or darker or darkest, 
Oh, how many darks are there? How many versions of darks are there? Two. There's dark oh. elevation, and then there's uh, okay. regular old dark. All right, so dark elevation, I'm calling dark from here on out. Um, so, uh, between the darks, <laughs> I almost wanted to call them the darkies. <laughs> Don't do that. What the fuck is wrong with me? This is fucking poison. Anyway, um, so, between those shows and those, and those places where they put content, um... They've established people on those shows. Um, they try. They try. They do an honest job of trying to show you this person did this on this that is reflected on for why they have this record. But it still is a mind fuck if you're watching Dynamite and you're like, wait, this person's won like seven or seven of eight. When I've only seen this person lose. So I mean, I mean, and that's the thing when you you know you are honestly trying to cycle on and off talents. To try to keep them fresh um, and keep matchups fresh and protecting matchups, like that, that that that's gonna get tough. Um, like that show two weeks ago was like one of those things, like popping up. Is like it, it it felt it didn't feel too good, but like last week's show made or last week's show made kind of it was a bounce back after the one weird show. But um, mm-hmm. and the I don't three know. shows before that were like very strong. Maybe so maybe it was. It was like, I don't know, like, like the, the I, I think it was WrestleMania season. Like, there's um, that. There's definitely that. I think there's also the part where, um, coming out of that pay per view, we really didn't get any like definitive because of the fuckery with the with the thing not going off. It, like it screwed them up or whatever they were trying to do and like the Moxley and uh, the uh, Kingston thing as far as like, uh. Okay, so they he keeps coming back and they keep taking him out, putting him on the shelf. Um, and he has a broken leg that, but he is wrestling or he's back here. He's not been told to go the fuck home. Like it's you know like that was kind of unsatisfying for for now. Like I'm not saying they can't turn that around, but it's like the, they've had good stuff. But I think like that was the biggest thing they had, and for it to I think that hurt them. I think I think this was the bounce back though. Um, yeah. You know, as far as them getting the one point was one point two million. One point two. The one point two, like that's you know that that's quite frankly expected. And I think the uh, like you sent me a te- or a text or a screenshot of um somebody saying they were going to point out that like if you point out when the that that uh, first weekend of no- that first weekend yeah. of October uh, and compare like you know SmackDown number two SmackDown this week and then the first AW Dynamite week to this you see how they've retained and I was like that's disingenuous like the like first off the NX, NXT being running or NXT being on Wednesday artificially held down whatever dynamite really was going to be so like t- for them to then leave and then them to come back you know have these fans like hell they may have been they may have been doing 1.2 this whole fucking time for all we know if if not for uh, NXT we never we'll never know uh, oh, you know, maybe we'll know, you know, over the, when we start getting more data uh, in weeks one four. But, um, I, but yeah, I just there's more fans watching, um, and we'll see where this goes. Like, I, I, I think that I think that they're set up to have some cool stuff. But like, when is the next pay per view? The end of May. Uh, May twenty, like twenty six or something. May twenty ninth. All right, so we're we're. 
what five weeks out four weeks out something like that um you know so we'll start getting some answers on um what they're gonna do um soon like you know uh may 5th is the blood and guts thing so um that'll be big that'll be a big show for them like i i i wouldn't you know the stuff they were it was weird like Meltzer always talks about trends whatever else and then like he freaked out over two weeks of numbers it felt like (laughs) it was weird wonder why it's weird (laughs) um you're so right. The, it probably was just WrestleMania season. Like, people, there's too much that's wrestling. That's really what I think it is. Like, it was WrestleMania too much wrestling. Season. WrestleMania actually like came off well. Uh, even though Raw's follow-ups weren't great, they did great numbers. Um, and in the weeks before that, and, like, WWE just put out a flood of content. Right. Like, and Takeover was, and Takeover did a huge number. They ran an actual fucking Takeover on their show, like as, as a show stand-in, and like. That was the best show of WrestleMania week. So, um, some of the stuff I like, obviously, the Young Bucks versus the Death Triangle. Great uh, match. Melzer gave it five stars. I think I gave it four and three quarters. Um, I gave it four and a half because I do because like I compare like other people's matches. So like I'm thinking, all right, Young Bucks or Young Bucks matches, like Young Bucks matches versus Phoenix. This isn't as good as <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. Funny little subcategories, right? Funny. So I'm like, so I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, regular rules match. Like I think it's unfair to compare the um, the 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 ladder match of Death, right? But like their yeah. first match, right? From that was uh, double nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, that match is better. So I was like, I'm somewhat so like, if you give it four and three quarters, I can I fine. I just I was somewhere calling like the four point six. Range yeah. so yeah, uh, the Bucks came out uh, all new gear. Um, I liked the gear. It, I liked it too. Um, it looked clean. It looked a little. It looked a little funny, but it's not it, colorful. I mean, it's not really colorful, but it's flashy still. So like, I I, I get it. I like um, I like cool gray. They're, they're so the, I like cool gray. Yeah. So they were wearing the um the Dior ones, which got <laughs> Twitter's attention. And, um, they're in full troll asshole mode. Somebody, yeah, some some stand trying to come out here and say you know their shit was fake or whatever, and then some sneakerhead or whatever uh, oh, who may oh. or may not have been like some stand, but no, but the it way they like, the, the thing for me was the way they preface it is like someone needs to say this because the fan because the AEW fans are hardcore are, are pretending and not saying this meanwhile during the match the crowd chanted at them that their Jordans were fake in the middle of the fucking match so I was like wait what what do you mean someone's just saying the crowd fucking said it what are yeah, you talking I, about I, I missed I missed that part but like I heard I howled I, I howled when, when, when the crowd chanted look, that shit. I don't know James I'm 32 years old. I don't have like the eye to be figuring out whose shoes is fake at this point, unless it's some obvious shit. Like this man was like pointing out, you you see this two inches? It, it looks different. From, I'm like, yo, this is like the nerdiest shit I've I ever don't, seen. Look, I don't like, know. Touch a titty. Like yeah. I don't. <laughs> like I didn't like look fake or not. I don't care. Like whatever. Yeah. Like I, I remember. It, look, it, it works either way. Either this, A, they got money and you're pissed off like that they wrestling in <laughs> these shoes, or B, this is This is where I was going with that, right? I remember Chad Johnson, like uh, back when the Bengals, the Bengals had um, uh, Hard Knocks. He was like obviously the star for that that particular uh, preseason or that training camp. Uh-huh. 
he taught he they followed him going to a uh I think it was a Claire's jewelry store, you know, the you know, uh and go get him some fake you know, some cubic zirconium joints, put them in his ear. And he was like, "I'm rich. No one can tell the difference." <laughs> I, and I think he I think before he even said that, like he was pointing out that like I have the real ones. I just don't want to spend I just don't want to Go to a football field with them on and lose them. Like I remember um years ago there was a Miami Dolphins player where like they after practice, like there was him and a team and a few other people like basically ha- walking hand in hand, walking the field to try to find some, you know, dozens of thousands of dollar earrings that had fell out his ear. And I was like, Why would you first off, like, unless you're like TO and you're just like so good that like you don't care. Why would you ever wear earrings while playing football? That sounds like the dumbest thing yeah. ever. But whatever. Um, Chad Ocho can do that. Chad can, or whatever. You guy that's like been Lee three years. What are you doing? But what? Like the thing for me is like yes, the Unbucks have enough money to order to have some fucking creases. Yes, it's yes, it's funny if the rich guy got 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 um hosed or whatever else. Um or whatever. But like, I, I took it as that. It's like. It wasn't like, oh, they're lame. It was like, oh, the rich guys got hoes. Ha-ha. It was like, and they're also heels, so fuck them. Like, that's the kind of I took it. That I, like, I took it, like, I thought about it for, like, five seconds and moved on with the rest of the match. <laughs> Which was an awesome match. Yeah, like, just it was. Incredible. Like, the Bucks, like, um, they're about to, about to now show that instead of being the best babyface working tag team, now they're going to be the best heel working tag team. Uh, Phoenix was just like, doing him of course right go get 40 yeah like and he this is like this is the kind of wrestling that rich ladder loves and enjoys one one uh, thing that i will say that i did not like about the match but was at the start in sam sam uh sir sam actually pointed out on which surprised me i figured he would have loved it but um when they started the match and with him and Pac in the ring and Matt backs up into the babyface corner, the babyface corner, mm-hmm. and he sticks his hand out for the tag, and then he realizes like, oh yeah, I'm a bad guy now, and like Phoenix just doesn't take advantage of that, and he makes a face like, oh yeah, we are bad guys now, yeah. I I, I hated that because it's like I'm watching the match live, the match just started. <laughs> he backs into the corner, and I'm like. As he's back into the corner, he's looking dead at at, at Pat, which means who's also in his side in his field of vision, Rich? Nick. Nick in the fucking corner. That's stupid. <laughs> but once they once they got past that, it was it was fun. Like I I, I actually weirdly um he got he with me doing the doing the the hill doing the hot tag thing. I was like, this is fucking. Bro, I stupid. fucking I was. Howling. I was like, this is such a mockery of my of my fucking suspension of disbelief. They'd be like, oh, I'm a bad guy, so now I'm going to. But you know, the young bucks are doing that on purpose. So I'm like, whatever. So it's like, yeah. no, aside from the two things, like they're not they don't think this is great. They're just like, well, I'm trying to get heat real quick, and I'll do, and then we'll continue with the match or whatever. So like for me, it's like aside from the two things, like I love the match, but um, it was also fucking hilarious. Like when. <laughs> he super kicks Phoenix. I, I can I I didn't hate this out, but I was just like, this is fucking like we're at the point where the weather wrestling is like anything goes, you can do anything. Like there are no rules. Uh-huh. If a motherfucker starts flying, fine. If a motherfucker like literally starts levitating off the uh, off the ground, fine. At this point, when he super kicked him, uh, super kicked Phoenix, uh, 
with his foot over the top of the barricade. Phoenix sells it for like a split second and then just roll, does the roll in and then yeah. hits him with the cutter. I was like, all right. We, 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 the, what, what wrestling physics is them? But I didn't hate it. I thought it was, I thought it was still fun. But uh, yeah, man, it was a great match. It really was. And um, down to the only, finish, um, he yeah. snatches his mask and um, they show that they ain't shit. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, I'm wondering at what point will it get long in the tooth where they put Phoenix because he's been like the the first or second best wrestler in the ring in AEW since October the last six seven months. At what point will it get long in the tooth to keep putting him in these positions where he loses all the time? Yeah, um, uh, I'm, I'm kind of. I'm. I don't think we're necessarily there yet, but it's. I feel like it's coming soon because, like, how many times is he going to be with against like the top guys and he does the job? Yeah, it, it seems like he's always getting the uh, like he's getting stuck with with the L because it's like, well, who's he teaming with? He's got Pack with him. You want to beat Pack? Probably not. Um, they don't pin Pentagon often, so it, it seems true. like he just kind of get get stuck there so um i don't know uh i think they'll know when they pass that point because like at this point um he he took the instagram he was really upset and if this could like you know end up know in that. some type of mass versus hair uh thing yeah, i would fucking like, versus nick versus nick <laughs> or like you know versus the both the bucks or whatever and they got a bus gotta like cut that shit like that Look, for me, that would be, like, the ultimate, like, oh, all these jobs were worth it. Yo, so, the, the reason why I'm laughing at it is because it's, like, obviously, um, Brother Phoenix uh, has came home, right? Oh, yeah, long ago. And, and it's, like, so, he's going to have, like, obviously, like, he has no shame in his game, he don't care, right? Um, but it's also, but it's funny, it's, like, so he's going to take the hair uh, of Nick Jackson, Yes, and, and put it under the mask. What? What? <laughs> it's like hang it from uh, the mask. No, so it's like either like technically it's really a hair versus hair match either way. Like they, it, whoever loses, we're gonna see a bald head either way. <laughs> Real <laughs> fucking soon if they do that match. But uh, yeah, like <laughs> I'm at a point with Nick Jackson, bro. Where, like every time Nick Jackson loses the headband, I feel like LeBron. I feel like it's like LeBron in uh, twelve uh, finals, where it's like. He ain't, he ain't pick it up. He ain't, okay. All right. All right. Bro, this I remember, man, remember Nick when LeBron, remember, like LeBron, what was it? He scored like 20 points in the, in the, in the end of games, uh, the fourth quarter game six when they were down. And it's uh-huh. like the headband that came off at that point, I mean, it was like, I'm, my fucking legacy is on the line. Like, I ain't got time to be worried about this fucking headband. <laughs> Death of the headband. Like, yeah. Day. Like, and then you know, obviously, 2016 is when he ditched the headband f- full time. But it's like the same thing. A lot of think of me is like Nick Jackson being these epic matches, and like that the headband come off sometimes. I'm like, is, is, does he want to go get the headband back? Or is he is he cool? Is he fine right now? I, I think he spent too much time making fun of Nick Jackson. But yeah, um, great match, man. Really great match. Yeah. Um, J- Jade and Red Do you think it should have uh, been an opener, or do you think it should have been the main event? Yes, uh, I think it should have been an opener. Um, okay. Just because, like. I feel like they haven't done a match in the opener like that since Kenny versus Pac. 
And what better way to like show people that, like, that hey, we've got this massive match coming up. We know y'all want it. And then to go 30 minutes. And it's such a departure from like uh, the night before uh, NXT had opened with Karrion Cross uh, cutting a promo. Right. Yeah. And AEW's like, we're going to open up with a fucking work rate classic. And it's going to go 30 minutes. And then that's going to keep. You know, it's, I, I thought it was just a way to set themselves apart. Um, well, it, you know, and, and it's also taking advantage of the fact that, like, you, I even though I think that, like, this was probably, or um, this week's show was probably the best NXT following a takeover and maybe ever that I ever saw, but um, I still think that, like, you had two new title changes you know what they have to do to come out. They have to start out with the, the new face of the company, of the of the brands, or new faces of the brand at some point cutting promos or whatever else. And they did that um, at different points with Raquel and obviously opening with, with Karrion. So it's like, take advantage of, they took advantage of that knowing it's like, all right, like, we know Matt Hardy versus, um, versus Darby is going to be better than those four in the ring together. But let's, you know, Let's try to establish Darby as a actual main eventer, and they've you know they he's main evented what like, two, like two three like times in like last few like in last like two months. So like he's they're they're doing they're doing the work with him right now, which I do appreciate is because you know it felt like it was going to be like his title reign was going to be about Sting and the fact that like he's not as big of a star as Cody. So like I do appreciate what they're doing with Darby right now. Red Velvet and Jade had a solid little match. I like the match. Like, um, they, you know, they've developed this thing, and I thought it was a nice way to pay it off. Both of them um, looking like, you know, very solid ads. Well, and- well laid out. You can see that um, Jade is still green, uh, but the fact that she can go through, um, go through this match, and it not, and it doesn't suck. It's like. Just wait, just yeah. wait. She could be really good. Along. She could be really good. And you know, Red Velvet, very good showing. Like somebody that should be a foundational piece of the women's division in AEW going forward, given what we've seen from her. At least that I've seen from her. You've seen more, obviously. Yeah, um, like like she's super solid. Like you need Red Velvet to. Like, I like her. To be like she can play a lot. She's. A, She's an ultimate utility piece right now. She's like a Sami Zayn type where she can wrestle lots of different people. Um, obviously, she's wrestling a bigger wrestler than her now. Right. But, like, what about when she gets in there with someone that can kind of match her speed and, you know, kind of similar size? I think it'd be pretty good. Like, her and Thunder Rosa would, I think, be pretty excellent. Um and Jade, like, I would handcuff her to Dustin Rhodes, like, and it seems like that's already the case. So handcuff her to Dustin and just keep letting it work out. One last thing um, that kind of lit up the timeline as far as the discussion, Anthony Agogo made his debut. Uh, and he wrestled some guy, some jobber guy. And um, he, Cole Carter was his name. He decked this gentleman in the uh midsection area with a punch and they, that was the end of the match. What did you think about this, James? Um he hit Cody in the gut two, three weeks ago, right? Folded him. And he right, and he folded up like origami. Yep. And then he hit a jobber and he folded up like origami. Right. What's the problem? 
apparently this this caused an uproar like you know so uh, of, of all the bad faith like if so, people can kick out a canadian destroyers people so, can't kick out a punch i'm like what they're doing okay. is so, establishing a simple move from an olympic boxer so when matt if, riddle made uh catches ono tap out to strikes where were those people probably cheering that was fucking awesome when that happened. Him punching a dude in the gut. Look, man, I am all for flash finishes against jobbers. Yes. I am and all flash for. Finishes, period. That's why I, I like the WrestleMania main event so much. Right. I am all for finishes that are in uh, in relation to legitimate fights. Like, it shouldn't be, and we've seen this a lot, but, like, it shouldn't be just, like, you can do anything, and the only thing that matters is someone tapped out, someone um, got pinned for three seconds, or somebody uh, didn't get in the ring in 10 or or 20 seconds. I think it's another way to end the match. Right. Uh, Who knows if this is even his finishing move. Like, Um, think about this. One of the best ongoing little story pieces in the last seven months has been Finn Balor hitting a fucking uh, soul butt and somebody getting hit with a liver shot and going the fuck down. That happens in real fucking fights. Like that O'Reilly match, one of the best matches of last year, uh, that cross match where he hit him, that was a great match. I'm sorry, like, you're not going to... You're never going to get me to say that a, you did a finish that actually that is that happens in real fighting, and this is a dramatization of real fighting. Like unless it's some type of screwball finish to the easier way to sucker your way out of like giving us a, a you know a clean finish something like that, or I think it like completely damages some wrestler that is supposed to be you know tracking or pushed. That's what's my problem with it. Like this kind of thing, it's a jobber. Who cares if he yep. had if he had huffed and puffed and blew if he had huffed and puffed and blew him over like the fucking uh, wolf and red riding hood I'm sorry, not, and three little in the three pigs or whatever else I wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> oh, I would I take that back. I I, I would have cared about that, but you get my point. It's like he's a jobber, kill him. <laughs> I think Anthony Ogogo has a great presence. He looks like money. He can talk. And this uh, thing, like, if you can have him just kill, like, 20 people with this thing, like, do it on dark, do it on elevation, do it on dynamite, like, to to end the segment or whatever. Be like, yeah, we got somebody else that wants to wants to try to step up the go-go, and then eventually there's going to be somebody that he punches that maybe the punching power ain't going to quite, you know, hit off the same way, and then we get something else with him. Or he gets one of the most feared finishes or like moves in the business, you know, or the company. Right. And I think that's a great way to set him apart and also play into what he naturally is right. as in real life is a boxer. Right. And there is also a guy that's in a W right now that, that made about a million dollars a year for about two decades <laughs> for most of his career using a punch as a finish. And saving the punch for certain times. Like, 
there's a track record of this happening in wrestling. Like, yes, like, like maybe people were freaked out for the fact that, like, AEW doesn't really do squashes, so it caught people off the wrong way, and, you know, it was a gut punch or whatever else, but, like, nah, this man, a, like... This is, a, this is a guy who has not been established thus far, and it's AEW doing something that's different, and right. when AEW does different things, they tend to, like, pull out the worst of the internet. Right. So, <laughs> and, so, so, like, in eight months, when o- when Ogaga has his big match with somebody, right, that some babyface you really care about, and somewhere during the re- duration of the match, maybe a year and a half from now, when he has a big match, right, and he hits somebody in the gut, and they go fucking down, and they sell it like that Finn Balor liver shot thing, right? What people pe- people aren't going to be able to say that then because be like, everybody's going to point like, he's been knocking people the fuck out of here. He's been getting people the fuck out of here with that, like, Nah, man. Like I, I get that people watch when he watch when he punches Hangman Page on the side, and then he falls, and right. then y'all gonna be trying to hand y'all beers to Hangman to like you know uh, wake him the fuck up. Like, all yeah. right. Like, look. <laughs> I hope next week. I didn't. I, you know, like, I I don't want to be spiteful about it, but like, I hope at some point he punches somebody and he makes him fucking puke. Yeah, that that was my only thing. I, I think he should have coughed up blood or no, something. No, 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 no. I, I, I didn't mean like I wasn't. That wasn't a note. But I'm saying like I'm saying like if they do do that eventually, where somebody just co- just backstage, I'm going to pop. <laughs> I'm going to pop. It's gonna be fucking hilarious. James boy into the vomit, right? <laughs> I didn't, look, man. They could do the. He, he could hurl off camera or whatever else. Yeah. My point is like someone goes down and all of a sudden like, oh, that person threw up. Because he just got, you know, he just got a sock to him. Big, big win for Darby in the main event. Don't really have too much to say. Wild brawl craziness. Um, Also, Jericho had beat um, Dax. This was the highest rated thing of the night. Um, But, yeah, I I, I loved the show last week. But uh, what what was up with NXT? Um, Cross comes out, puts over Balor, being a um, a great champion. Um, A show I actually watched, like, Almost the, everything but the last fifteen minutes. Okay, so yeah, um, he comes out. He puts over Balor as as being a great champion. Talks about how he's all timer um, and one of the best to ever step in the ring. Um, but then says, like, "But this is my ring." He thought that you could you could beat me by using my emotion against me, but. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You can't... He's like, but emotion's not a bad thing if you can control it. Um, and then he basically goes on and says, like, any y'all, anybody wants something, more or less get some, and I will end you. That was more or less the, the gist of what he was saying. I thought that his promo was strong. I... I think that Scarlett was stealing focus with her facial expressions in the wrong way. It, it <laughs> like it, it was weird. It's the first time I've really ever had any issue with Scarlett. It's not really issues. More of it's like, oh, I didn't like that. It's like, it, 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 but whatever. Um, 
it, and um, then they ended up getting MSK versus Maverick and, and Dane after Maverick and Dane on the dark show of TakeOver uh, uh, last week won a number one contendership match against Fan or Breezango. Um, MSK comes out and the crowd boos them. Yeah, I I, I was kind of wondering don't, what, what, what happened with that. Maybe it's too much too soon uh, with these guys or like, you know, maybe the they didn't want those guys to win. They were going for grizzled young veterans. Like, what's the what's the uh, um, story they, on okay. that? People like Legato, right? Yeah. I do too, um, but they're heels. So it was like, whatever. Um, yeah, it, it, it was weird. Like, you know, anyway, they, 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 they wrestled super hard in this match. Like, this was a match that would have been on a dynamite, a, a young, like, top flight versus, I don't know. But, like, MSK felt like a top flight, like, if they were top flight versus some, trying to think of some middle-of-the-road tag team from AEW, I can't remember, but whatever, like, it's a fun match, like, Wesley and, and, and Nash Carter, like, they ran around and jumped around and did a bunch of cool things, like, I think, I remember you thought that, um, or from what you've seen, like, you felt that Nash Carter is a jag, I think he's good, like, not, like, obviously he's not fucking, um, Wesley, Wesley is, like, probably, he, he's potentially special, but I think he's good, um, and you know it was weird Drake because Maverick it, doing flips and jeans. Yeah, Drake Maverick was really good in this match, and obviously it was like you know he gets to go in there with those guys and they can do all that kind of stuff with him, and they 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 had a good thing. Like there was a crazy spot where, um, Dane has one of them basically like you know the shotgun position, and then another one ends up underneath him, and he basically like. Basically, like, uh, what do you call it? Like the, like the Yokozuna drop from standing over the top of somebody while also like power or Mishinoku driving somebody at the same time. Like, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, ultimately at the end, um, they ended up getting uh, MSK ends up like hitting like a million things on uh, Maverick and, and Drake and win. Um, it was a good, it was a good match. It was probably like some three and a quarter thing, but it's like it went like ten minutes. Like there wasn't much. This is a show that was light on the wrestling. Like, no match, I think, went more than 12 minutes. Um, but, yeah, like, uh, another thing to note is um, they had Rhea come out, and Rhea put over EO, of course. It's weird because they had to do two of these in the same night. Like, great champion, it's yeah, my time now. Um, EO came out. Rhea, Rhea came... Oh, she... One thing I did, like, she said, you know, um, I... I don't know if this is true or not. No idea. But she said, like, when we first moved to um, USA Network, um, I was set to start and I was told I wasn't ready. And that burned and that hurt. And uh, one person um, believed in me and brought me and got me back up and running by the time we got to Portland. And that was Dakota. And I couldn't have done this without you. Thank you. Um, Dakota was very happy for her. Um, And then she said that, like, I can't remember what she said, but basically got cut off, and then Rhea came down. Um, you know, they did the the classic rivals, been separated by time, go face to face. The Rock and the Rock and Austin, you know, you stare know, down, three, and then they, yeah, know, and then three whole Rhea, months, <laughs> right? Rhea, um, Rhea, uh, she has she brings down the Raw Women's Title. They go face to face. They glare at each other. Then you see Rhea crack a smile. Raquel smiles. 
they're, they hug, uh, they, they hug each other. Then, um, Bianca comes down, um, and then they show a picture of them from like two years ago backstage. Um, and then they, they all hold up their titles and they triple hug. Um, and it's so funny cause like nickname? that's been a, that's been a Twitter picture that's been floating around on, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the standum verses for, from for about like half a year yeah. now. Um, that yeah. it's crazy how like that all came around. So it was really cool. Like this is like they're their own generation of NXT women. Yeah. Like what? So are they like the Three Musketeers now? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. No. I mean, I. I still think Raquel has a long way to go. Uh, yes, it yes, looks yes, like yes, she, yes. she was like randomly a baby face now, just like without a turn. But, uh, and you know, in before the the two other chances came out. We got the debut of Ty Valkyrie, now known as Frankie Monet. That's right. So that's right. She kind of got cast as, as a heel in this uh, thing, and yes, because uh, she. Is. I don't think she needs to be the big smiling baby face. Like that's like they've seen everything. Like, like this feels like a classic um, WWE mistake of like, hey, get this person over as a big big heel and then flip them on a dime as a baby face champ, and it feels like. Randy I think Orton thing, in, in 2004, like they got to be where they don't fall into that. Could be. I, I, I think they're also reacting to the this push worked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, like she was a heel and she cheated in, a, in, a, in these matches to like prop Dakota up or whatever else. But like, she was a badass woman that that that's that's you know flexed and and, and um, sneered. And like they gave her, hooked her up with all these like impressive power spots, and Rhea put her over like fucking gangbusters, and then Eo put her over like gangbusters. It's like eventually people were going to cheer her, you know. Um, like obviously it's it's the full cell crowd, so a lot of people have seen her for years or whatever else, and know about like how much she has improved. She still has a lot to go, but she is an improved wrestler. Like she's a wrestler I trust now, as opposed to a wrestler like I. Seven months ago, I uh, mm, nah, I, I wasn't there yet. But like, probably since like d- December, uh, probably Women's War Games. I was like, you know what? Maybe she's not fully ready, but like, she's on the she's she's a given to where she's where she's how far she's came. I think she's eventually going to fully get it. Um, do I think she's going to be eventually become like I don't know? Do I think she's going to be like Jungle Kiona eventually? No. But she ain't gotta be. Um, so, yeah. But like the Frankie Monet thing, I ha- people were freak or not freaking out. People had issues with the name. My only issue with the name is that like <sighs> Frankie Monet sounds French, and she is like talking in Spanglish. So I was like, I WWE renames people all the time. Um, I I'm like, man, I obviously she's more recognizable as Ty Valkyrie. The Ty Valkyrie name is over. Right, right. It's good. She's been a she chose she she said she chose the name. She said she chose the name. My my whole they, thing. They my, all say that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> my, my, all I'm saying is this: the name doesn't bother me outside of the part when you start speaking Spanish. And now I'm like, wait, I'm. A lot of NXT is based on you know this person from somewhere else, and you know their history with somebody from, with somewhere else, and now they're doing it on a bigger stage here. 
and to the Frankie, that's why the Frankie Monet name is like, I don't know, like, I don't know what you call her, but it's like, that may, that might just be a me thing, right? Like, I don't know how many people felt that way, but it was just me was like, this woman speaks fluent Spanish and English, and she's, co- and she's switching back and forth to talk to Raquel to show you how, like, this might be, you know, this might be something in the future, but why is it Frankie, why is it Frankie Monet? I don't, I don't get it, whatever. Uh, but, like, you know, she, you know, she came down to the ring with the, with the dog. I think that's a nice way to get heat. Um, I mean, she, she dressed like a, she dressed like she's going to be somebody, you know, and she carried herself like she was going to be somebody. So we'll see. I'm a fan. Yeah. I like Ty or Frankie. Uh, sorry. Uh, Swerve and, um, Leon Ruff finally got oh, it on yeah. before that match, before that match. This is the second time they've done it where they have gone wherever or someplace that has recording equipment and it lights up, has nice audio. And in the back, I see Serato mix or Serato um, production suite. And I'm like, that, that's cool. I like that. Like, it's nice and colorful, but it's like also it's like that's super lightweight. And like, I've used a little bit like, OK, whatever. But anyway, that's not the point. And it looks like there might be a unit forming uh, Swer- around Swerve. Swerve says like look man this is the last time i am facing this dude i have embarrassed and beaten and, and bruised up this dude i whooped his ass five ways from sunday well i don't know what the expression is seven ways from sunday i don't know what the expression is but i'm done after this because swerve don't care <laughs> he's like swerve don't care i love that line swerve don't care so uh, he's uh, making all these crazy like faces in the camera right. and like uh eyes wide open yeah so um We'll get to that match and talk about it real quick. I like their match. Um, it's close to three and a half. Uh, but at the end, Swerve beats him. And Swerve just like, all right, like I said, I'm done with you. I beat you. It's fine. And then before they go to the uh, they go to the main event, Swerve is backstage and Leon Ruff attacks him and beats him down and, like, you know, runs the equipment chest into him and it's like, oh, so it's not over. Right. Like, like are I, they going to... I would have just ended the feud here, move Swerve on, and then like, figure it, something out. The thing for me is, like, you do that to try to have a, another match at with bigger stakes and now, like, you're using weaponry. And I'm like, you're going to you're gonna break out a, a, a death match, a, a weapons match for, for this? Yeah, eh, it seems kind of low. On the t- it seems kind of low on the, on the priority list for me. Um, but like just you know. pick, pick one of them, have them yeah. go over strong like you did, and yep. then get the fuck out of the way. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and um, debut the, the unit with Swerve, like of AJ Francis and Brianna Brandy, and whoever else they're gonna add to that shit. Yeah. So, um, then you or I'm jumping around, obviously, but like you have the. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I love this so much. Uh, they show all the crazy shit that was done during um, the O'Reilly and Cole match. All the ridiculous stuff they did to each other. See the scarring, and then you see the finish, and you see the uh, the it's rest. Like the start of Rocky Two. <laughs> yes, yes. So you uh, you see O'Reilly is is or sorry Cole is fucking murdered in the ring. So they bring paramedics out to him. You see O'Reilly walk back through the curtain and then fall down in ways that made me think, like, isn't it, is this what happened with Hiromu after he broke his neck? Um, so, uh, 
it, obviously that's not what they were intending, but it made me think like the last time somebody did something similar that day, I remember, that I remember was like Hiromu won that match in, in 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 California, and then you know with all this power and strength and adrenaline walked to the back and then collapsed. Um, so they both get you know stretchered out uh, separately, and they both go uh, down the ramp in the ER in different. Um, down the same ramp at the same time, and the only thing separating them is a is a railing, and and Cole has his neck brace on, and Cole's like, "You're done. I'm going to kill you. This, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to end you." And it's like, he hates him so fucking much. It's, it's like, I love this. Like, this man is irrat. He's fucking hurt. He's been beaten, and he's like, I. When I get out of this fucking hospital bed with the last breath I take, I will fucking end this dude. I loved it. How much he hated it. How much he hates O'Reilly. I really did. Um, so, um, there's also a video package uh, showing like the the Joshi legends of a of NXT from from Oscar to Kyrie to 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 EO, and then they also show Mako, and then they say you know the next in line is Sir. Uh, Saray, um, and yeah, why they always why why they only got one at a time? You know. Well, I don't know this one at a time. <laughs> like like most of the time, it's, it's one at a time. Well, no, well, well, what I'm really saying is like Triple H hinted that like Eel's not going up. Who knows? But it's been a week. She, I ain't seen her. Um, her contract, in theory, runs out in August. In theory, mm-hmm. if she signed a three year deal. And didn't resign, and she's still engaged to Evil. And Bushy Road has said that we would love to have her back, and she has a year of looking at what was happening with Kyrie. Like, who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, like maybe, maybe this, maybe that's a sign off. Like she has a match at you know SummerSlam weekend with with. With Sari, I finally get my fucking Joshi Joshi takeover match, <laughs> and, and, and EO leaves. Um, I don't know, um, but like I, I I'm just interested to see who like who um who Saray fucking murders um come next week uh because like it's funny because like it, he's wrestling it, uh Zoe Stark. Oh, that's gonna be a good fucking match. Um, so it, it's interesting because like. Finish shell out the blue hit me up and was like, so how good is like, how good is she? And I was like, huh. I told him like I thought that she was like the third best woman's wrestler I saw in 2019. Um, and I told her the same things I said to you. Like I just, at worst she's going to be fine because she's so fucking good. But like, how well she, it could be a potential. M- bad fit for her like going to WWE because like her best matches is when she's like dropping people on her, she she and herself are getting dropped on her head and neck and she's kicking people's fucking heads off so you're not gonna be able to do that in WWE like I, Look, that's, a, that's like exactly what I said like this could be a Kenta situation um so I don't know how this is gonna work but if it doesn't go well like I are I can already see like she has to work a softer style, but then again, it's like EO and Kyrie had to work a softer style, and they figured it all fucking out too. So, so did Oscar. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll see how this goes. Um, if 
I don't. I, she'll be around for a couple years, obviously. Um, but I mean, she's gonna be really good, and I don't think I don't know if you run the division around her, but she's young enough if they wanted to to do that. Like I think she's like twenty four or something like that. Um, but yeah, like she's gonna be at the top of the card in no time soon. It, it, there's no almost no doubt in my mind for that. Like she's that fucking good. But um, yeah. Uh, so we'll see what what she does with Zoe Sky. That could be a good. That could be a banger. Um, let's see what else you had. You had the main event. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I forgot. Roddy comes in with with Marina, who we haven't seen in in I forgot. I don't know how long. It's been months, 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 months. Um, he's dressed in a suit. Um, and uh, Marina is dressed like on the same level. Um, then later in the show, he hands. And Regal's office hands him an envelope, says, "Yeah, man, I'm done." And he, and Regal's like, "You know, you and the Undisputed Boys have given me a lot of grief over the years. I'm trying to do this job, but you know, if you ever change your mind, there's always a place for you. That sort of thing." Um, shook hands and walked off. So who knows what 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 that com- what what's coming to play with that? But clearly, something's going on. Um, and then, um, unless I'm blanking on anything, what, what timing before they just randomly release people? <laughs> um, you get the main event, eight person mixed tag, uh, the way versus Ember, Shotzi, Bronson Reed, and Dexter Loomis. The match starts, Loomis gets a jobber entrance, then in comes everybody else. So this ma- <laughs> this stupid match. <laughs> I went into this match wanted to hate this match because like they've been telling this they've been pushing this storyline for the last like month and, month month and a half where Indy this subplot where like Indy all of a sudden is now smitten with <laughs> Dexter Loomis and like she she you know she's been flashing of signs Loomis is slow to pick this up uh, maybe he does maybe he's maybe monsters and goons are unaware that like you know they're you know I don't know uh, a snack if you will so <laughs> so um this match is basically like and I've talked about this before with you the way is basically Johnny is a father with his stupid ass junior Austin Theory and Candace has her daughter, her impressionable daughter, uh, uh, her apparently horny teenage daughter, Indy, and the two kids get themselves in a hijinks, and the and the parents have to kind of like straighten them out at certain points. Obviously, the worst is always Austin theories, but this like thing with with Indy and Loomis is like a recent development. Anyway, this match starts and. It's fun. Like, Gargano is bumping around. He ends up uh, trying to break up some momentum from uh, what the women are in. And basically, like, Ember and Shotzi get in the ring. And, like, he just bumps around for them. Just similar to when he bumped around for Mia Yim. Back when they were doing the Yimitless versus uh, the Garganos. And then it happens. (laughs) Everybody gets laid out. Indy starts trying to get close to Loomis. Uh, they did a face-to-face while Loomis was on the ring, was on the apron, and the crowd goes wild. I'm sitting there like, this is fucking hilarious. This is fucking ridiculous and hilarious. So, 
Um, match continues. Next thing you know, Bronson Reed starts taking over and and th- starts throwing around uh, Gargano and Austin Theory. And Gargano and Austin Theory are basically like, look, I don't know if you want to say they were Dolph Ziggler, if you want to say they were Shawn Michaels bumping for, for uh, Hulk Hogan, if you want to say they're Mr. Fucking Perfect. Or if you want to say Rick Rude bumping for, for Warrior, they were out there bumping like this was the strongest man to ever fucking exist. Like, there was a bump that Austin Theory took where he bumped, where he bumped, got up, bumped again. I was like, gosh. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So, um, they did a spot similar to the Hameka spot where, like, instead of a double rack, it was a double uh, Samoan drop uh, with the men. And then, and then Candace got to the top rope and... Brasserie sees her and she go he goes, Don't do it. Don't do it. Candace jumps. It was like she jumped off and splashed into a fucking brick wall and she and she bounced off into the mat. It was fucking hilarious. Uh so long story short, ap- then you start after that happens, they get him out the ring. They start doing dives where like Ember and Shasi do dives onto the way. They tease a dive where uh um, Bronze Reed was going to dive on everybody, but obviously they stopped that. That one's going to happen. Austin Theory cut that off. Uh, then, because everybody's basically down, Indy sees our opportunity. Like, as Loomis in, is, gets in the ring, uh, and she, and he's actually like, about, like he's about to choke out Johnny. She bumps. She basically just flat back bumps and plays dead. He hears the, the bump, turns around to see who's behind me, sees Indy is down. So he's like, oh, she's hurt. And he, he, he grabs her, takes her out of the ring, and walks to the back. Indy, Indy looks dead into the fucking camera. <laughs> Smiles. It was, I want to see somebody put the Michael Jackson thriller eyes at the end of Thriller on Indy Hartwell because that was exactly what this was. This was she looks back and puts the thumbs up. And then passes back out and pretends to play dead. But I want to see her with the thumbs up, look in the eyes when you hear that. <laughs> so anyway, she um she out here getting carried out like Miss Elizabeth uh, by Hogan. Yes, yes, yes. So then, <laughs> match continues. Johnny looks like they have Bronson Reed dead to rights. Bronson Reed thwarts it and splashes Austin Austin Theory and gets the win. Um. Uh, with the help also of turning the tables from Ember and Shotzi, good babyface win to start off um, fresh on the main event. Uh, it was a, it was a very fun match, a lot of good wrestling on it. I really wanted to hate this fucking match, but like the wrestling was very good. They did all these dives, they did all this stuff that like made sense in the scheme of the story they were trying to tell. I enjoyed the match. I ended up giving it three and a half. Uh, I don't. I I I really thought this match was gonna be one of the worst matches of the year. And it turned like, oh, this shit's actually like pretty good. So yeah, I was uh, like, I'll be damned if I watch this match and I turn the show. Right, bro. I went into that shit like dreading it, and then I was like, yo, this this was fun. This was well done. Congrats to them. So so yeah, that was that was more or less NXT. Should have won that uh, cruiserweight title too. Oh my god, yes, that match was raw. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um. Kashida ends up winning it. Uh, I was surprised by it by by that happening. Like, but you know, he won a new gear, and then after the match, he teases that uh, they tease backstage that um, Devlin's gonna come back eventually to the challenge for the title. Um, just just incredible 
phenomenal booking here. Like this guy fucking unifies the belt after a fucking year and then loses it immediately. Like, right? What are they doing? Like I don't. <laughs> like, I, I, and I, and I, he I seemingly turned babyface. Uh, after after like okay, so think about this, right? At um, San Deliver, they have the ladder match. They wrestle the majority of the match with Legato the Fantasma not there at all. Then at the very end, they steal the win for him. And then they go on the ramp and bring his son out. And he puts the, the Phantasm mask on his son. It was like, it's the baby faces thing you could possibly fucking do. So then he comes down to the ring this week and says, like, look, I am the emperor of Lucha Libre. Um, my father before me uh, ran Lucha. I run Lucha. And my son will run Lucha. Like, I, I, right. I get that they're trying to, like, he's talking about a fucking family. And his, his roots, his actual roots as a second generation wrestler. Like, I'm supposed to hate this guy? Even though he's yeah. doing, you know, he's cheating or whatever else. But it's like, you, it's a. You see, James, he's Mexican. I think, you know. I think they're, I think that they're going to flip Legato because of how good they fucking are. I think they're going to flip them. Um, uh-huh. And I think, you know, he might be in that, um, soon to be in the, the um, North American title division. see but i guess there's only one thing left to do james hit the music Yeah, man. So, the last time we talked about stardom, like for real, was um, our solo show for the uh, Budokan Hall show. Um, so, I think they've had like ten shows since then. They've had a pay per view level show since then. Um, I had wrote out this thing, the detailing all the stuff that's happened. Basically, like the long story short, to get you to where we need to get to is that um, after uh, Budokan Hall, when Tam won the belt. And Mina got back. Mina has become a most improved wrestler candidate. Um, she's she's been good in these tags, very good in these tags. Tam has basically been like uh, put in the Shuri Momo Mayu uh, responsibility of you. When it's your turn in the ring, you have to fucking carry these matches it's on you and she has carried and delivered and she's been just great um in the month and a half or whatever since uh budokan um would you say she's stood and delivered (laughs) sure why not uh uh so shuri is getting groomed for another title match and potentially to become the next red belt champion um let's start let's start here Julia shows up to the Corkin Hall, the first show after Budokan, with the ball head. She showed the ball head to the world. She's in the fatigues and stuff, in the military-like gear. We made jokes about the similarities to her Julia. police. Gen- you said Generalissimo? No, General Julia. <laughs> General Julia, yeah. G.I. Julia. So, uh, she's been stapled to Shuri, and Shuri has won every single one of their matches. She's done this thing where she says she wants to start over from the from the bottom and start over from the top, including in her fashion. She has not... Every time she's been in a tag match uh, with anybody, like, she, they never play her music anymore. 
they play whoever's the biggest one up. So, like, if it's she's with Shuri, they play Shuri's music. If, if it's with um, Micah and Mecca, they play Micah's music. Um, so that's how they're playing this, where, like, she's keeping her head low, she's trying to grind. This will become a thing we'll talk about in a couple minutes. Um, Oedo Tai, or before Budokan Hall, Roka turned on Mayu, which is like the 15th person uh, that was in Stars to turn and go to Oedo Tai since Saki. I think it's like three, actually. She, three. She, it's, she had turned on more than Cody. Yeah. So um, they gave Roka new gear. They put her in Oedo Tai. She is um, tagging a lot with Nasco and Saki. Um, and she has improved in, um, and I think she's taken advantage of the fact that like the, the twin, like the Hannah sisters, all three of them haven't been around a lot. So she had, she's gotten a lot of those reps. So she has improved. Um, she actually, uh-huh. after she turned, she ended up getting a, um, a future belt match against Saya because now it's Oedo Tai versus stars. And now they're, they've been feuding over the last month. Saya got a three and a half star match out of a sixteen year old woman that can't move. It was the opener. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. I couldn't fucking believe it. Um, so that happened on the twenty sixth show, the twenty sixth of March. So the Cork and Hall show. So back to trying to think anything else that's important. I mentioned that Shuri is being groomed for the for the red belt against Utami, right? Yes. Okay. So to go back to circle back to Cosmic Angels, with Mina improved, with Tam basically having the best stretch of wrestling of her career, probably. Um, they have just had matches that like I didn't think this was possible when they first when Unagi first showed up in November. I was like, uh, like Tam was trying to carry this and it wasn't working, but like she is now he don't basically what they're doing is y'all two Russell first. I get in the ring. I will carry, I will get this match up to a level and then we will start getting into the near falls and stuff. And then I will end up at the end of the match and then we will go from there. And like, they have won like the fast majority of their matches and, and trios. Uh, they've lost. Mm-hmm. Their, so that's how they've been handling. So, um, the very first Corrigan hall after, uh, Budokan, they went straight to the stars versus uh, Cosmic Angels thing. Um, good ass match at the end. Um, Tam pins Starlight Kid again. Uh, you know, uh, so earlier in that show, Momosaya and Azumi uh, win a basically no more contenders match. So they're like, all right, we're going to wrestle on the 26th show in Kurokan Hall, the March 26th show. Flash forward to March 26th. They have a goddamn banger. Um, it is it's the best it's the best uh, trios match to start them since that Queen's Quest versus uh, Dom Del Mondo match from February of uh, of last year. Um, the one that we both gave four and a, four and a quarter. Like that match is awesome. I it like, was June or July. Mm-mm. It was because uh, that was like there that was like right when Shuri and um, Micah got got to um, got Damn. to start them. Yeah, timeline all messed up. Yeah. So that ma- so anyway that match basically comes down to um, Unagi and Saya are strong style brawling it out. These two tall pretty girls are br- strong are just throwing blows at each other and it's and it's the best brawling you ever seen uh, Saya have. Um, 
Mina is in there with Azumi, so she looks very good. She looks better than she really is because it's Azumi. And then the the match goes down to the, the final stretches, and it's Tam and Momo, and they just fucking go nuts. Um, and like, there's two different times in the, in the match where you think like Queen's Quest has won this match, has won this these titles. Tam kicks out of all that shit, and also people make saves, and then picks up uh, picks up Momo, drops her in the head with a screwdriver. Drops her with with her new finish, uh, and then um, then they had this uh, this double Osaka show where they did two shows in Osaka, um, where they did basically like a four person tournament, a four faction tournament with trios. So it's Cosmic Angels, it's it's uh, Queen's Quest, it's Stars, and it's Donald Del Mondo, um, and this is to set up. Uh, Dissension amongst Julia and Hameka and Micah before the pay per view. Um, so, backtrack a little bit. After that first Corgan Hall show, um, Unagi and Mina are feeling themselves. So they say, on the 14th, we want the tag title champion. We want the Bash Sisters. We want Micah and Hameka. Mina rustled her fucking ass off. That's the best performance I've ever seen her have. She Micah drops her with a. Uh, with a Michinoku driver, she's fucking crying because she's like, I tried my hardest and it wasn't good enough because they're better than us. They're just better. Um, so that that was their defense. So flash forward to the uh, that tr- that trios tournament. Oedo Tai ends up beating Micah, Hameka, and Julia when Hameka has Saki. Behind her with her arms up, Julia comes with a big boot, Saki ducks, Hameka eats the boot, She and then someone basically grabs Julia and throws her out the ring, and then Saki ends up um, hitting her flash uh, crucifix pin and ends up pinning Hameka. Hameka's 38 hot, she's furious, um, and basically the losers for the opening round have, a, have the constellation game. So... Um, then you get Queen's Quest versus Cosmic Angels. Instead of Momo, it's Utami this time. Um, and Tam ends up pinning Azumi by reversing out of her out of Azumi's flash pin by reversing that and pinning her. So the final is Cosmic Angels versus Oedotai. Saki ends up hitting the flash pin on Mina and gets the win. So they're going to be no more contenders for the, I think it's the 25th. Um... So, that's the, that's down the line. So now we basically have caught up on the what the basically like eight shows, eight of the shows we missed. So now we can talk about the Budokan show. Yeah, man. Um, I watched the last three matches of this, and I love them. Uh, yeah, I think I was like four and a quarter, four and a half, four and a half on all these. Um, wow. I guess we can start with Tam versus. Um, Natsupoi. Oh, another thing I need to mention. Natsupoi had a high-speed belt on those same Osaka shows that had the faction tournaments, and it was a semi-end event and with Starlight Kid. That match is fucking awesome. That is probably Starlight Kid's third best match, singles match ever. Yeah, man. These, uh, 
you can tell from the press conference they didn't have to speak a word of English. Yeah. Uh, some shit has gone down between them. I got a fucking huge laugh out of uh, NASA <laughs> boy holding up the uh, the photo of them and then ripping it in half like a real villain or right. somebody that shows I ain't your friend no more yeah. or something like that. It, it tends yeah. to get real emotional yeah. and all that. But Yeah, with Tam, of course. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. The, the, long story short, um, they were both. They both started in Act Rest Girls, um, like in when they were when Act Rest Girls first got started. They were running off this. They were running, getting help from Stardom. Like they would loan out uh, Kyrie um, to te- basically use Natsupoy um, as her young girl. Um, if do you notice Natsupoy's gear for that show? No. Okay, so you know she normally wears the white. The gear she came out in is the gear that Kyrie gave her years ago, that like 2017, 2016, because she liked Nats or Natsumi that much. Um, uh-huh. So keep in mind, like Natsumi, like when she was a young, you know, young coming up or whatever else, like she was the one of the fate, one of the top stars in Actress Girls, and then like. She actually was in the 2016 Grand Prix for Stardom. Like that's how much of the connection was going around with them trying to help each other out. So, um, so she wore Kyrie, the old Kyrie gear to down to the ring. Um, but yeah, basically the story is we were best friends, Tam, and then you, with your back then your Yuka Sakazaki haircut, just fucking left to go to Stardom. Um. Yeah. Like the person that trained them is an ex-starmer named Yuna Manase. So, it, it, but whatever. It's like you left or whatever else, and it went to Stardom after like a year because you debuted in like 2016. You were here for a year, and you showed up at Stardom in 2017, and then you've been there ever since. Like you left me. We were friends. You like you never reached out to me. We haven't been, we haven't friends since, since then. And ever since she came up, every interaction with Tam and that's what has been like straight to blows, straight to blows, straight to some type of drama. So I was gonna like, say this match. Yeah. It was for the belt, but it wasn't for the belt. The right. way they were wrestling, right? <laughs> like, it was like you broke you broke my heart, so I'm going to take the thing that you value most in the world right now, the white belt. That that's pretty much what it came down to. Um, so yeah, it was a good ass match. Um, beating the shit out of each yep. other, wrestling very hard, sweating both of them like profusely, um, and at the end of the match, um, Natsupoy like just looked as devastated as I've ever seen someone like jungle Kiona, like must've stood up and applauded. Um, Sean Michaels, uh, you know, tipped his cap, uh, Ric Flair, uh, you know, after he would cry after retiring or something would have been proud of this. Um, yeah, man. Like the only yeah. thing she needed to do was get carried out the ring. Like, it, like not under her own power. Like, uh, but yeah, this was awesome. Yeah. And Tam was like a, um, a ring general of the highest degree and then that's is awesome every time i see yep. her she's just ultimate command yeah, of like her body and uh the way she fights quite frankly like this is a fight like she, because she's so small and she has the experience and like she's so quick like has so much quick quick twitch to her game like like she's one of them ones. Like you talk about Azumi and Starlight Kid and like um, Meiho Shizuki that's in um, Marvelous and even like uh, Mio Momono that's also in Marvelous. Like 
there are some like high speed monsters that like if you just like if you get in there with another one of them in there is fucking on and she's one of those but she also has this this other level of experience of being like you know getting more opportunities than some of these girls she's older she's like 26 um but yeah like she you know as you mentioned like two veterans at this point worked a lot of matches have probably been talking about wanting to wrestle on a stage like this for years and it happened and like it was a good ass match and like Ness was like I'm not going to st- I hate you and I, I honestly thought that, like what was going in it was like what's going to happen was they were going to have their match they were going to cry and hug each other and they were going to put <laughs> Nassipoy into Cosmic Angels because it's a better fit for her as a character and she could be a number two in a, in a, um, in a faction as opposed to being a number five didn't happen um, maybe that's down the road as well. I don't know, but like, it, whatever. It, it, that, that's my that was my fantasy booking, but like that didn't happen. But like, I would love to see them wrestle again. Then the next match uh, was a red belt match: uh, B Priestley versus Big U. And my what time God. is yours, Rich. My God, you niggas should be embarrassed with yourselves <laughs> that you have come out here and ruined this young woman, B. Priestley's uh, ratings, her score on Cage Match. All of you guys should be embarrassed. I, I um, told you it was bad, bro. So, I told you it was bad. Look, I told you. Sometimes I, I feel like I can. I, I knew the result of this match um, ahead of time, mm-hmm. right? But right. I tend to. I think this comes from. Uh, being a big Shawn Michaels fan growing up, I can look at wrestling through the eyes of the loser, right? Mm-hmm. And, and see what it meant to them to to give everything they have and then they just don't, you know, win right. or whatever, right? They don't win the match, but what right. they're competing for is kind of something else right. in that. They, they, and Yeah. She outperformed Utami and Utami's in the middle of a, of a really good fucking uh, red belt run. She outperformed her. She just did. Right. And it's like she got the belt before, quote unquote, it was time, right? And people held that against uh, B for a long time. And people She's also don't like her because of right. They don't like her, you know, white girl in Japan whatever as well. Reason. Yep. And she, all she did was show up to this match as good as she's ever been Mm -hmm. in phenomenal shape, phenomenal gear, phenomenal, like work in in the ring. And who knows? And this is her last match now in stardom. So while you did not appreciate her, now you're going to be upset when she shows up in NXT. Right. And you're like, man, I wish we got that B priest. We, we had, you know, uh, in stardom, whatever, but Y'all niggas just ain't appreciate her for whatever reason. And, you know, when it's time to go get that bag, eventually you got to stop going to Japan. Like, right. that's just how it goes for foreigners. Yeah. But um, she she was a top star. She's a, she's the top gaijin, a, as it says. And like I said, um, looking at it through the perspective of a loser in the match, right? Like, the you lose the match, but, like, you gain the respect elsewhere. Like, Shawn right. Michaels has done dozens of times. Right. Um this and she, was a and she gave great. Tommy so much. Like, I don't remember anybody else ever kicking out of uh, her, her Minami Toyota Japanese Ultra Cy- yes. Cyclone Suplex. Like she, like there were storytelling moments in this match. It wasn't just like move, 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 move. Like 
B's good when B's good when she's allowed to, you know, be in there or whatever else. Like, I, I don't think she's some, I don't think she's great, but like compared to the other girls, but I think she's she's damn good and damn well belongs and always has been and always has been someone that like when you watch these house shows and you see the people's effort levels or whatever else and like you see like the people that constantly always you know show up like whether it's a someone like a Starlight Kid or a Jungle Kiona or Queen's Quest flat out period. Um and Tam, like, you always see these people bust their ass. Shuri's another person that comes to mind when it says, like, they're always busting their ass on every fucking show. And, like, yes, she it, it, was she not good in 2018? Sure. Was that the case by the time she t uh, she had a four and a quarter match to get the red belt off of uh, Kagetsu? No. Was that the case when her title defenses weren't as good as Orisa's? No. Did she have a better Grand Prix than, than Hoshiki? Fucking right she did. And, like, look, man. My faction, when I first started watching Stardom in January of 2019, was Queen's Quest. That was, back then, that lineup was Momo, Utami, Konami, Azumi, and B. That was a fucking murderer's row. That's why I'm still, my, that's why they're still my favorite faction. So, like, yeah, man, like, I've always, I never got the, I never got it. She was always in a faction with other women that all worked hard. She worked just as hard as them. And she had and she had good ass matches in like the third match or whatever else with Queen's Quest at the time. I never got it. I never got why people didn't like her. Like I didn't see when she stunk when she was when she was quite frankly her body was when she was skinny and scrawny compared to where she is now. Um, I I never saw that. I only saw when she was good. It's similar to the Tam thing. Like I only saw when Tam was good. I never saw her at the beginning of 2018. Like if you go to Stardom and you work your hundred matches, you will get fucking good. Like you see it with with Mina right now. Mina was like, mediocre. Now she's now she's damn good in these tags. Cause I I really like to um, almost you know read through these reasons. Like I, I like I'm very tempted to pull up B Priestley's uh, cage match ratings and read off the usernames and the ridiculous comments uh, <laughs> underneath her rating page. But I'm not gonna do that. Like uh, the two ones that are always the two, class, the, the two dumbest ones in my opinion, the women's wrestling that I've seen like lately or last year or so, like looking at this stuff are. B is B's because she got overpushed or whatever else, and Yashiko and Yash at least Yashiko's like, oh, she she ended someone's career by breaking her face. Like I understand that, but like the fact that she's getting ratings for like getting like threes and twos and fours in 2019 and and 20 and 21 when she's one of the best women Stop. wrestlers in the world, like it's like, hey man, like. The the domestic fan base doesn't care about that stuff in that way. She's apologized. Act has forgiven her. Relax. And like even then, like, what did B do? B didn't break nobody's <sighs> face. Yeah. Are you upset um, because of what Will Osprey may have done? What does that have to do with B? It, it, it's gonna like all it's all gonna come to the light when she when she goes over to uh to NXT and that's I feel like that's obviously where she's going since like whenever you disappear and then you can't tell anybody where you're going that's usually where you're going <laughs> um and when she's there she's in that system it'll all this I think is gonna go away and then like like I said new stuff's gonna pop up like you know. Where was you know? Why isn't she the way she was and you know whatever? But um, I oh, think I'm talking about how like oh she's retired. Yeah, and it, it is funny because like if you look if you were to go to her thing and I I, I scanned it real quick like 
her, you know how they have like the yearly ratings or whatever else. Like magically yeah. this year, like she's about rated where she is and somewhere in the eights this year. It's like oh because she's because she's leaving stardom now. Now like she's getting depreciating that she should have gotten like for about a year and a half now. All right, amazing. All right, amazing. Uh, Utami retains the belt. Um, another great defense for her. Yep. I feel like she. Um, I kind of get a vibe from Utami where. Uh, because they didn't let her main event here again uh, for obvious reasons, which we'll get to in a minute. But I feel like she's a, like, I don't feel like she's the ace of the company, but I feel like she's somebody that like is a young champion, like on their first time being the champion that they're just like, yo, you're going to have a bunch of solid matches and eventually we're going to get it off you. And then like when it's time for you to be the ace, mm-hmm. you're, the next time you win it is going to be like, I'm like on top of the fucking world. That's exa- like, that's ex- I, that's pretty much exactly I how I feel. That? That's pretty yeah, much exactly I how I feel. Say, like I feel it's like, like one of, it's like one of Okada's early title runs. Yep. Like I feel like she's going to lose the. I, I feel like sure. Okay, so back before Utami even won it, I thought that the person that should be the next Red Belt champion should have been Shuri given how she came in she was the most protected person in the company even more protected than Julia like you go through it and go through the time she actually got pinned or submitted like Julia did three jobs in the uh, Grand Prix she lost to Hameka she got uh, I think she got tapped out by Konami and, she, and Tam beat her right dropped her on her head right um, and she you know she won all those got all those wins back but Shuri in the Grand Prix she didn't make the final but she lost because she had the four foot one match because of the uh, the thing that happened because um, her mom died the weekend that she was supposed to fight Momo, and then she uh, came back the next day and she ended up um, putting over Azumi, which a win that she got back. But like outside of that, and then when she had a rebel match against um, Mayu at 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 that October third show, I think those are the only two times she ever lost. Mm-hmm. She never been pinned or submitted. Like everything else is like she comes through and like you know they had the the um the the SWA versus white belt match with Julia that went to a draw, um she went she's defended the the, the belt against uh the SWA belt against you know Azumi against uh, Konami, like she's just great she looks like a star she carries herself like a star she's the fucking baddest woman in the company, she's she has the best win percentage you look at you go on a cage match pull up but she has the best win percentage of someone that's actual person is there all the time like she has been groomed since like day one to eventually win the, the red belt um like so that's why like that's one of the reasons why when Utami won I was like I wouldn't say like this is all built for Utami but it felt like Shuri was the bigger priority throughout the year at times so now that there's on a collision course is like this is the first defense that Utami's had where it's like she could fucking lose this is the first right. one you know, dangerous opponents. You know. Right. Um, yeah, but we get to the main event. Um, Donald Domando explodes. Um, <laughs> Donald Domando explodes. You know, General <laughs> Julia. And, and, and then she even convinced Shuri to wear the pants along with her. She, and, okay, so they have tagged a couple times before Budokan Hall. But basically, like, they've had two matches since then. And, like, ever since then, like, Shuri, being the baby face she is, like, all right, you on this? I'm with it. I'll I'll come out there and something similar. Like, 
I just love Shuri. She's the best. She's so nice, and she'll fucking kill you. Like, she's just great. What's not to like? I'll murder you, and I, I'm just super charismatic, whatever. Yeah, continue with, with uh, the match. You know, and then Micah and Mega come out, uh, and it's a tag team titles on the line. So yep. um, I'm wondering, I'm like, man, so they got their two single stars. They got their two tag stars. Man, this could go either way because I wasn't spoiled on this match. Mm-hmm. And it was like, they just, just so many crisp sequences and hard hits and big bombs and double team moves and uh, breakups of pins. This was phenomenal. Mm. Uh, can't go at like and it was like you think about it i was like all right they put donald domando over the red belt and i'm like i get it because it's donald Do fucking mondo like <laughs> and they're all fucking awesome like um yeah like i said four and a half on this titles change and this is like seems like it's a road for julia to kind of stay out of the way of the singles while rebuilding her you know and, and still like you know letting her work on top in a way um, and you mentioned the collision course with, with Sherry and uh, Tommy. I believe we got a question about that as well. Yeah. Um. um yeah. So after that I, match, I couldn't be more excited. <laughs> after that match, Sherry calls down to Tommy. I haven't seen. I haven't rewatched this show. I need to rewatch this main event because I'm a whole star lower than you on this match. Like watching this live, and then like going from beat his head at worst second best match he's ever had, in, or second best match he's ever had in a, as a singles match in stardom, to she's fucking leaving, to like you know the triple the hug and the hug with with Momo and her apologizing to Momo over the year over all this all the you suck shit and this, the show pie stuff and oh, like, also her leaving. the crowd respecting her right. <laughs> Right, like after all of that stuff, it was like, well, damn, like obviously a woman who used to get no streamers. Right, so like for me, the thing was like, okay, seeing that that's how they want to do it, I see why that didn't main event because like you're leaving on like this downer of a note. Um, mm-hmm. but like as far as the story being told, it's like, Tam, like as far as story and intrigue, like this match kids came out of fucking nowhere. Like they just threw that together because Julia like needed a match to do. And, like, I also did not like the idea of, oh, wait, so, like, you're teasing a match that, under most circumstances, would end in a draw as your main event. That sucks. So, I was sitting there, so, like, after the emotion of the of those two matches, of the White Belt and Red Belt match, I'm sitting there watching, I'm just like, eh, it's cool. They're going really long. Why are they going so long? And then, you know, 30-minute time and stardom, it goes, like, it ends at 28 minutes. I'm like, they worked really hard. They did a lot of cool stuff, but like it didn't get me. So I was like, it's a good match, but like, eh. So, and it like, it had no, like, it didn't feel like it had real emotion to it. It wasn't like, it was like there was a story, like, you know, or they like did. a big all star game, kind of. Yeah. Like, it, so it, it seemed like they were like, hey, I'll, I'll wrestle you real hard or yeah. whatever, but like, I don't hate you or anything. Right. And then like, Greg had, uh, Greg had uh, watched it and um, messaged me probably like two, three days ago and was like, he says, like, you know, he's a he, he's a big Julia fan. He was like, he's hated everything Julia has, or he's done, he's hated most of everything Julia has done since losing Budokan. And he said, like, he thought that Julia was sloppy as hell in that match or whatever else. I'm like, I have to rewatch it because, like, the, the... I think she she was a step behind the other three. Right. Like, people, people's, like, people all, people are also, like, I don't know, also given that there was, uh, there was also a resentment of, like, you, okay, so... You lose the biggest match. You're bald, and like you tell us a storyline, and uh, where you're trying to start from square one is like 
so also oh, all that solved in 32 days like you, you lost the belt 32 days later you, you say you're gonna start over and like and just like that you're already back on top and the main event is like oh damn so and also i didn't like the fact that like they had uh me personally i didn't like the idea that like they just beat uh micah and Hameka. Like I thought that too. Like I did not like, like yo, that. they're the they're the tag team unit. They're like that I was mean, a great know. spot for them. That was a great spot for them to be on the card in important matches. They could stay. They could basically be the face of that division after you know it being kind of a turnstile ever since um they had to break up. Well, I wouldn't say that. Like because it's it's weird. Like ever since like. Um, Konami and Jungle lost those belts to B and Jamie. Like the B and Jamie thing had to end so fast because Jamie has been back. They put the belts on to um, Utami and in um, Kamatani, and they never had any good ta- or any great tag matches. They were just fine. They were there. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're looking at the t- and you're looking at the tag division. You see like the teams in tag league. You're like Momonazumi. They could be. They, there's a tag team I would love to see be tag team champions. You see, um, Mayu and Starlight Kid. That's a tag. That's a team I want to see be tag team champions. And it's like, then you put it on Mike and Emeka, and you can still have those matches. But then you put them on Julian Shuri, and it's like, you may as well retire. You may as well put them in the Walter category of. They may as well retire them with them fucking belts. Who the fuck's gonna beat them to? They're the two most retarded people in the company. Like they're. They're obviously not like giants, but they, it's on some like brothers of destruction type shit, you know. Yeah. So it's Ain't like, Undertaker. and also like it muddies up like the potential what they're gonna do with the cards, right? Like, all right, so are you telegraphing to me that like Shuri's about to lose to Tommy because like you can't have Shuri's be red belt champion, SWA champion, and tag champion, and then like defend these titles on big shows and also while telling like Julia to fuck off somewhere in the mid card. You're absolutely not doing that. You just did this match tell me you're not you're not defending to do that. So yeah. I, I I didn't like it felt it felt like a bad a bad place to do that because it muddies up some stuff a lot of stuff. But you know, whatever. They're gonna have good matches eventually. Or really, yeah. really good matches. Or matches that I I might have to rematch I'll rematch this match, I'll probably like it more, but like I didn't think it was as great as like the uh, the the red and white belt matches, maybe I, because I of really, mission emotion. I don't know. I I really liked all three of those matches, and it was like, man, yeah, like I better not get too like far away from Stardom because they're doing <laughs> really good stuff. Also on underneath, um, they had like that trios match they had where they had paired off um, Mina and in um in Momo, they had. Mina and Momo singles match on the undercard, like the thing was second match. That match is very good. I ended up giving three and a half, um, and it did Unagi versus um, Tall Saya, and they had a they had a, um, an, a also a good match. I I liked the Momo match better, but yeah, like that card's good. Like it's it's probably the third best. Uh, like big big pay per view uh, show they've done since October, um, like it's not obviously it's not, it's not fucking touching on um, Budokan and it's not as good as the Yokohama show from October third, but um, right after that, underneath it, I think it's the best one since then. Like it's, it's you know five solid matches on a seven match card, or f- nice. five good matches, four or three of them, you know, varying degrees of great on a seven match card with ki- with a bunch of kids on the card too. 
He is. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so I guess we can get into the questions uh, yeah. to wrap the show up. Uh, so a uh, question from uh, JML. What's going on, JML? He said, is it time to add Nick Khan and Simon Anoki to the ONR Finesse of the Year category? Um, so Nick Khan, if you guys aren't familiar, he's not related to Tony Khan. He's uh, someone who works in the TV industry who signed with WWE, who's basically negotiating all their TV stuff now. That He negotiated the WWE Network deal, and he's one of the highest paid employees in WWE, rapidly gaining power right now. Um, I believe he had a really good podcast interview on Colin Cowherd's podcast, and I believe he's Colin Cowherd's former agent, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's from he's, he's a he, former CAA agent, isn't he? Yes, makes sense. Um, and he, I believe he's making like 13.5 million dollars a year from WWE right now. Um, sounds like he can making more. He got them how many look, billions now on these contracts? Like there are people like advocating for him to go into the Wrestling Reserve Hall of Fame already, um, and it. It's, I mean, it's pretty funny. Like it, it's like you think about it. It's just like, based shit. off, look, just based off of the uh, the Florida Nimbers. Yeah, kind he, he kind of deserves it. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Uh, Nick Khan, uh, looking at it, I don't know if this is uh, a level of finesse or if this is just how this dude kicks it. So right. like, uh, I'm not sure dude, about the finesse aspect yeah. of like, it. But if you are a former CAA agent, a former major CAA agent, have a client like WWE. You were already look yo yo, you already hustled hard and you already had all the game in the world. So like this might be a breeze for this might be like all right. Well, I was I was working with you know I was working with finding some placement for for Disney um, two years ago. Now I'm just working with WWE. Like this ain't shit for him. So right, you know it, it, it's a different level. It's a different level with the CAA. So uh, he also, for and Simon Anoki's part, I, I asked him, what did Simon Anoki do? And then I remembered um, he was part of the video package for now Saray. So he said he managed to get on That's NXT right. TV via Saray and was the interpreter for Io Shirai at the NXT press conference. Allegedly, he was the one behind getting Kyrie into WWE and had Noah in a silent partnership with WWE before they got sold into Cyber Agent. Also, he's still using the Anoki name, even though he's been divorced from Antonio Anoki's daughter for years. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm sorry. Um, wait, 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 wait. So he got married to Anoki's daughter and took Anoki's name? Yes, that is some hey, Mark shit. Hey, that's not no Mark shit. That is some full-on carny shit. That put that man on that list. Put that man on contendership list right now. <laughs> Absolutely. That man, that, that man been long scamming. I just ain't know it. Yeah. That's that's a big scam right there. Um yeah, I, I would probably say Simon and Noki out of those two. Uh oh, yes. JML. Um so he also asked uh, which is the better landing spot for Samoa Joe, AEW or New Japan, specifically New Japan Strong. More people will see him in AEW right. than New Japan Strong. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah. I think Samoa Joe would die in a G one right now. <laughs> um <laughs> Bitch, that don't even, even that's not even a thought. That's like that's like yeah, Jericho in the G one. Get the fuck out of here. That's not happening. Like it's thing. ironic you brought up Jericho. Uh, I do think he could come in for like big matches, right? Like once or twice a year, but not G ones. Hell no. Fuck no. Yeah, He'll same die. thing. Yeah, same thing with Samoa Joe. Like if if he can work out that deal to get the you know the AEW slash um slash New Japan uh package that like yeah, a lot of people have. Um, like Jericho, then yeah, I would say go for that. 
I'd love to see Tomohiro Ishii and Samoa Joe. Yes. How about that? Yes, and Shingo, and um, Goto. Yeah. Yep, he can fit right in there. Yep. Um, like he said Look, last one, how been, would you feel that about That man been wrestling like a Japanese wrestler for, 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 what, 20 years now? Right. There you go. That man has literally wrestled Kensuke Kobashi. Right. So, in a fucking classic. Um, uh, yeah. He said, last one, how would you feel about Shuri ending Utami's uh, red belt reign? I would feel great about it, personally. I love Shuri. Yeah. Um, it, it would make sense. Um, you know that Utami is going to be around, or you get the feeling that Utami is going to be around, and she is going to be a top star in the company for a, for, for years to come. So, like, this title reign does not need to be her, her one where she has it forever. Um, I mean, it's already been, I mean, she won it November 15th, right? So, December, January, February, March, April may uh yeah like end of end of may like in theory that's that's six and a half months where she should be champion like that's a fine title reign for a red belt or white belt champion um you know like if it goes longer if whatever they do as long as they get a clean finish they'll be right (laughs) between those two (laughs) like they're met they're the story between them is um grand prix in the final night last year, it was them, um, because of the scheduling situation with Shuri that we mentioned earlier, she had to wrestle twice that night. She had to wrestle Micah and I think the opener. That's a good-ass match. And then she wrestled Utami later, and it was basically Shuri had to win to, to advance. They went to a tie. They went to a draw. Um, and then Utami, like, minutes later, uh, fought Himeka. Um, and, you know, much like much, much like Vince McMahon, uh, you know, babyface had to fight a giant to 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 win a you know to win a shot at a title and then end up uh, winning the title. So um, coming back to it now is let's see now. It's like is 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 it's a tie thing. We wrestled one time. We had a kick ass match. Now let's let's see it. Let's see it now. Like this has been a well protected match, well built match. Yeah, man. Um, Still Burger Bun says, what will be the next exciting development in the ongoing Fiend saga? Um, hopefully he disappears. I have nothing else to add. Leaves the business. Hits the lotto. Something. Yeah. Um, don't don't say you hope you win the lotto feel so much better than I say I hope you win the <laughs> Glad I made this shit up for, for evil. Like, this shit is look, great. Look, man, I hope you, I hope you nothing but the best. But I never want to see you. In the, I'll never want to see you and do this fucking craft ever again. <laughs> Hit a lot of find new interests. Yes. Um, Buy a sports team. Yes. You know, um, MJ does PR says uh, the Bucks for DR ones to wrestling on dynamite. Is this a flex or obnoxious? Which wrestlers have the shoe game on lock? Bonus points if Saki Kashima is on your list. <laughs> okay, um, you I, don't. I, I think it's. I think it's a flex. It's both. It's both because they're heels. I, I guess. Like yes, ha- the whole almost the entire history of wrestling is I'm rich as fuck. You should hate me. <laughs> yes, we we got Dior J's on. Hate us. So yeah, that yep. is both. Treason um, them. Now, as far, <laughs> the disrespect. <laughs> so, as far as Saki, Rich, you don't know this, but like she collects uh, Air Force or or Jordan ones. Gotcha. 
Yeah, like that's that's it. She don't claim nothing else. All it is is just different colorways oh, for Jordan ones. Um, yeah, uh, I think you got to throw Isaiah Cassidy in there. He also wrestles in Jays and lots of different colors. Now, if you're going to throw a Joshi out for for this, it has to be Mayu. Yeah, because she wears the Tims. She, she'll wear the Tims with the Bape on. She'll come out here with these with special edition um, forces with like the second Nike stripe and like the reflective rainbow colors on like she's had, I've seen her. She actually legitimately has a, she, she's legitimately a hype beast. That's the best way I can explain it. Like I've seen her in a million different pairs of, of like special edition Nikes and all that kind of stuff. It's her, um, for, for the Josie section. As far as Saki, I like her collection, but it's just, it's just air. It's just, uh, air Jordan ones. It's all, um, I think I would have to look more into this. Right. Um, but, I yeah, we'll have to look more into this. The, if you guys find any pictures of wrestlers like showing off their shoe collections, yeah. drop them into one. The Young Bucks would be up there. They like to show off yeah, all the Jordans they have. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right with or, or Isaiah Casting one. Um, trying to think. But yeah, I, I think remember that's a, that I think it's a pretty good list. It's a pretty good list. Remember that time Roman Reigns wore those shoes that had the white stripe on it. Fastlane 2017. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, trying to think, anybody else? Uh, Enzo. Had, oh, had, oh, Kofi. Had, Kofi. Oh, Kofi for sure. Yeah, yeah Kofi. I I don't know if Enzo's. Now you talk about somebody wearing fake shoes. Like he'll come out here with a fake logo on you Boy. quick. So I don't know. Um, trying to think. Yeah, Kofi for sure. Like that man was doing this shit, like wrestling in like Jays and shit, and and like basically wearing them with the kick pads and like yep. making them all one. Like before that shit was cool. Like <laughs> like he'd been doing this, you know, vetting the game. Yeah, about a decade um, in it. Uh, JML. So um, I came across um, uh, a thing where WWE trademarked the Fiend. Um, you know, and I was like, man, I guess we're going to have to call uh, the rest of the world is going to have to steal the Florida slang, call them jugs now. But since we can't call them, you know, fiends or whatever. So JML asked, he said, since y'all have talked about jugs on the show before, oh since y'all are from Florida, have y'all heard of jits and soldieries? Yeah, jits. Like, j- I don't know why it's such a thing, but jit is just short for jitterbug. Like, you're just young. Yes. You know, jit. You know, I, I was a little thrown off when I first heard. It. I was like, "Jit, like what?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> but then you know, you, you sink in. Soldieries, I believe those are the, the like what would be called like fifty four elevens, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they're just Reeboks, I believe. I th- I like from what I've heard, like soldieries are, but they're. I think that's for folks a little bit younger uh, than James and myself right now. Um. Yeah, and last question. It looks like from Zach. He said, "Question for Rich: When are you making the jump to Wrestle Universe and dropping New Japan World?" Man, um, that Wrestle Universe looks pretty appealing. Can't lie. Um, you got your Noah. You got your DDT. You've got your Tokyo Joshi Pro for a smooth eight bucks thirty-one cents a month uh, American dollars here. Um, New Japan's kind of going through like 
I, I heard something like where Noah was out selling them recently. They were offered the Vice TV deal that MLW got, turned it down. They're, they're going after people for posting screenshots of their events, just pictures during the live events. And I'm like, what are they doing as a company? Like, it's just like everything's going wrong. Like, I don't know, man. But um, I got to watch Kanosuke Takeshita. Uh, in a couple <laughs> I don't know how that's pronounced either, my man. <laughs> no, 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 that's it. That's okay. it. Notice to Keshta, but I had to listen to Kenny Omega say it first. Um, yeah. I thought it was Takashita or whatever, but it's well, not. Bro, you know, I wasn't joking when in the in the um in the group that I was like, which which set of vowels is eight and don't exist and are silent? Because I right. I didn't I didn't know. Right. Uh, he's awesome. He's raw. Uh, okay. Apparently, uh, I think he's only 25 years old. He's the best wrestler in the history of DDT, from what I'm gathering. Uh, the man wrestles like he's got a height. He's like six two. Feels like Okada ish. You know mm. the way he, you know is is in the ring. Uh, I got a feeling they're building up a match with him and Kenny either in DDT or in AEW whenever they bring him back. Uh, he wrestled about three matches if i'm not mistaken he did uh, a match he did a house show match he did a match with danny limelight which i would highly recommend on elevation last week and then he teamed with kenny and nakazawa against the side out brothers and danny limelight and it was like man um apparently kota bushi and kenny omega had a match with it may have been endo and uh Takeshita in 2014 uh, so Golden Lovers versus those guys. I got that. Tessia Indo. Yes. Okay. I, I would have to double check on that, but uh, I know Takesha teamed with somebody and fought the Golden Lovers in 2014. I'm gonna check that out. But uh, Takesha, it was like he got he has like the kind of talent where it was like, man, I kind of want to follow this guy and watch what he's doing. So that's why I'm considering jumping uh, to Russell Universe. But um, yeah, definitely uh, can't wait till he comes back to AEW and they've clearly set it up he got the pinfall before he left uh to do that and you know him and kenny's got a weird attention but uh yeah definitely uh yeah i'm i'm a big fan of his already from just a couple like you know tag matches and you know a short match he had with danny limelight so um interested to see what he looks like in a main event capacity because if it's anything like his you know kind of short sample size uh I, I was pretty impressed so, anyway, those are all the questions. So, what's his best match inside of a inside of an apartment store in a mall? I don't know. All right, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Goofy I ass wrestling. They do. It's like, like it's it's so it's so weird. And like they produce that much that much amount of talent when they do so much like out there stuff. It's 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 you know it's weird, but you know whatever. It's indie wrestling. Yeah. Um, and, and this is like the next and the line of people they've brought from the cyber agent family mm-hmm. uh, with Maki Ito coming. And now right. um, Kanosuke Takeshita. So, I wonder if anybody from Noah is going to show right, up. Right. That's going to ask you. Do you think they bring in like Go Shizaki? Uh I think Shizaki's injured, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, that's right. Maybe they bring in one of their younger people. We don't, you know, quite know as well. I knew nothing about Takeshita before, but uh, yeah. Same here. 
I so, just all I all I did was hear that like Zach was like he's good and I and I remember I ended up seeing he had like a he's in a high eights he's like eight point eight I was like all right and I remember yeah. Josh saying like he's like on pace to be like the best wrestler in DDT and it's like DDT does do a lot of goofy shit but they they do also have good ass wrestling from time to time like they had you know right. you you know with Peter Pan stuff or whatever yep well yeah man that's that's all I got here um. Yeah, that's it. All right. Um, oh thanks. well, I guess I guess I should tell them about the the new thing I'm kind of proposing, like kicking out around an idea uh, of doing in my, you know, in my quest to be as creative and entertaining as possible. I'm thinking of you know saying, tell me if you guys are interested in this, if you would listen. Um, we like I'm thinking about dropping like some type of podcast, like whether you know. Uh, I have various guests, like, uh, you know, whether it's like, like James, I haven't really even ran it by James, but doing different podcasts on the One Nation Radio exclusive feed. So some of you may hear this on the Social Suplex uh, Podcast Network feed, but I'm talking about putting these shows um, on the One Nation Radio feed. Uh, and it would be like about music, like it would be about like rap, periods of rap rappers rap beefs specific years albums like different you know stuff you can just talk about for for hours and hours like rocky movies different things like that that some of you guys would be interested in hearing uh just drop in the discord uh, like a yes or no uh and if that grows will like spin it off into its own thing so uh you know lots of i think there's lots of talk about like uh with rap <laughs> yeah um I had a joke. I'll save it for off here. Um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's in the show, y'all. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, be sure to go to ProWrestlingTees.com uh, slash Soul Suplex and pick up some official Soul Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. Um, also, hit up uh, our Red Circle and donate to your boys. Um, and yes, check sir. Out, yeah, and also check out the other shows in the network. Got this show, Money Show Radio. You have Keep It a Strong Style. You have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Podcast. You have Grumman Washes Shit. You have the Grave the Grave Consequences Podcast. You have Eight Bit Suplex. You have All Things Leap. And you also have Great Mass Generator. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace. Stream my shit. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 